0: Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus.
1: What's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to a, uh, I guess, a pre-Christmas edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you all. Check the festive background today for uh, for the program. Great to have you all with us. Lots to get to. It should be a real fun show. Ted Wyman's going to jump on with us first up. We will have Mike McIntyre, who I believe is a bit under the weather. Well, Hopefully, Mike will be able to get through it. But if not, we'll have a quick check-in with Mike. And, of course, it's Friday. That means Lee Hacksaw Hamilton and a marble race. And, of course, one more time, one more chance to qualify for the Tournament of Champions final next week, a week today, for a final show of 2022. When courtesy of consolidated supply will be given away a pair of 2023 winnipeg blue bomber season tickets so make sure you're with us at 245 when we get going with the final marble race of the week um it's going to be a great show for First Things First, though. Of course, Consolidate Supply, big sponsors of ours, and helping us with the Marble Race Tournament of Champions. Also want to thank the other sponsors that make this show happen each and every day, beginning with Coolback Canada and Princess Auto, as well as Little Brown Jug, Canadian Club, Culligan Water, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, and not AutoCorp. Let's get Michael Remus in here as we say Merry Christmas and welcome to
2: everyone in chat. Rema, what's going on? You uh, staying warm or what? It's brutal outside. It is cold out there. I'm like start pre-starting and pre-pre-starting my car at this point when I'm going out there. It's plugged in, um, bundled up. I'm thankful I shoveled a couple days ago so I don't have to do it again. Like My hands are freezing. I pulled out the hand warmers. I bought for the West Final last year. I got a still got a box from Costco. So uh, it's trying to stay warm, man. It's it's cold out there, but uh, great to be here. Wasn't a win yesterday, but uh, hey, right back on the horse tonight.
1: Yeah, right back at it against the uh, Washington Capitals. And as I said yesterday, I don't think I can remember the Jets playing five games in seven days before, but um, that's where we're at. Real packed schedule heading into the holidays. And of course, we'll get to last night's disappointing result in Boston, but um, real, I mean, a game that kind of turned on a couple of key plays, Remo. But, um, you know, the Jets had a 2 nothing lead after the first period. I thought we're very much in that hockey game and, you know, poised to handle to hand the Boston Bruins their first regulation loss of the season at home. Um, I tweeted this out. I mean, we all know what the TSN turning point of the game was, that damn stanchion. And, I mean, it just basically a freebie to David Pasternak. Um, You know, it really sort of turned the game around. Obviously, a few penalties the Winnipeg Jets took, and we'll maybe get into the officiating in a moment, although I don't like to spend too much time on it, but I did think it was impactful in the game last night. But, man, that was a real, real tough break. And I know we often joke about uh, Connor Hellebuck playing the puck, and, you know, Mitch is his alter ego on youtube is heli's shock collar um that was certainly not on the goaltender at all just some terrible luck of the going off the stanchion and of all people to be sitting there in front of a wide open net being david pasternak a really unfortunate turn of events and listen a team like the boston bruins who is the class of the national hockey league right now doesn't need much to go in their favor to win hockey games but they had a few things starting with that and And I think we saw the relentless nature of the Boston Bruins and what's made them the best team in the National Hockey League so far in that second period and in the third period. And unfortunately for the Winnipeg Jets, they weren't able to get
2: the goal they needed to get that one to extra time and give them a chance of coming away with two. Yeah, the turning point, definitely uh, the stanchion. I joked that my three stars were one, the stanchion. uh, Second star of the game were the referees. And the third star was David Pasternak, who was uh, pretty awesome. Last night and showing that he's going to be getting a big contract after this season, but uh, you look at that game. I thought you know the start was great. You're up two nothing. You're showing that you can play with Boston, who is undefeated in regulation at home. But then you had the stanchion. I'm not going to sit here and and blame Hellbuck. I think it's pretty, pretty you know crappy situation there. You go behind the net. I know you know Steve Dangle says if you're a goalie, tend the goal. I don't think that's a goal. Attend the goal situation. Uh, it just sucks, but uh, some of the penalty, you know, I will say it did seem like a big playoff atmosphere. The crowd was way into it there when the Bruins are making the comeback, and it just felled after that stanchion play. The Bruins grabbed the momentum. They got a number of power plays, and this team is so good. You can't give them four, you know, four power plays. The Jets only had two, and I think that was kind of the difference, but it seemed like as it went on, um, Boston had some stretches with. Major possession. The Jets were uh, caught running around and, especially on a couple of those power plays, just had a real tough time getting it out of their own end. And you've seen that earlier on in the year with the Jets when they're, you know, hemmed in their own end for too long. It eventually, just, you know, it ends with a goal and they have, you know, you have so many chances to get it out and they're not able to. So um, I think you've got to be happy with the performance. But, you know, maybe, I don't know if it was, maybe would like to see a bit better, you know, better result win, but I uh, it was. It was, hey, that's hockey, right? That's what Rick Bonus said.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it is. And as I said, it was just a really unfortunate break going in the favor of the Boston Bruins that got them right back into the game. I mean, the Jets had, you know, done a good job on the power play even before the, that goal went in or on the PK, I should say, of uh, of limiting. I don't want to say limiting the chances because they did have a bunch of chances. That's what, you know, a top-ranked power play is going to do against pretty much anybody. Um, and we saw they kept on going to the right side of Connor Hellebuck, trying to whack it in on a quick tip in or 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 a deflection. They finally got that one. I believe was it DeBrusque that got the uh, the tip in a little bit later on. Um, but it really did sort of turn on that first play, and then the penalties continued to pile up. The thing that was so frustrating, and as I say, I mean you know, like, bitching about the refs is a usually a useless task. But I mean, I think it does need to be mentioned that. You know, a couple of the Jets penalties that, you know, were given to them were somewhat chintzy. And listen, you can handle that if it goes both ways. And then Pierre-Luc Dubois gets high-sticked in the face right in front of the referee, and there's no call on that. So it was a little frustrating. I think, I'm not sure whether things were entirely fair and balanced, if you will. I'm not suggesting that there was any sort of an agenda. It was just the way that it worked out. Uh, But, man, if you're giving a team like the Boston Bruins a free goal and a few extra opportunities on the power play, it's going to be tough to win. And uh, the Jets found that out the hard way as the Boston Bruins really flexed in the second half of the game and showed why they're
2: the best team in the league. I'm sitting there watching that game be like, so this is why Boston's undefeated at home hustler. Uh, They get all the calls, as you mentioned. (laughs) I mean, you mentioned Dubois, high-sticked in the face in front of the ref, and they don't call it. Like, what are you supposed to do? at that point and I know Kenny and Randy were discussing well cuz maybe Dubois didn't sell it enough or he sold it too much who cares sticks in his face it's under the visor it doesn't it doesn't matter how you react it doesn't matter if you you know if there's no reaction or you're lying on the ground that the stick in face is a penalty and um you know when you're the when the Bruins are getting all the calls and the Jets aren't I think it does put you in a tough uh, tough situation so kind of just dis- uh, you know disappointing there that hey, you have a chance for a little bit of a break and you don't get it.
1: i uh, It's funny. I did listen to uh, that in, that back and forth between Kenny and Randy and They went on forever. I was, <laughs> I was listening later, so it wasn't live. But even I would have been in the chat doling out some wake-ups uh, for that one. I don't know. <laughs> it was an interesting take that Sean had on, on that one. It, listen, it's well, a high stick in the face right in front of the referee. How the hell is that not called? And it doesn't matter what a guy's reputation is or how many – high sticking or how many penalties he's drawn so far this year. It doesn't get much more cut and dry obvious than that. And it was an egregious missed call by, uh, by the referees at a time where, I mean, we all know how this works. If there was ever a time to maybe give one the other way, that was it. And um, uh, I was frustrating. I think I'm sure Rick bonus, wasn't very pleased about it on the bench as well as it, uh, as
2: had happened last night. Hey, Jeff asked Scheifley and uh, bonus. About the penalties, and they just gave like, Scheifele's just like, I'm not gonna, I'm not it's gonna call. Like, you have to, well, he has to ask because I, we all watched the game. It was certainly, you noticed that some calls were getting called on Boston, and the same stuff wasn't getting called in the Jets' favor. So, you got to ask. And Bonesless says, they call what they call. And Scheifele says, I'm not gonna, not gonna talk about it. So, uh, credit to Jeff. It seemed like he was going solo there, asking all the tough questions after the game.
1: Yo, I don't know if there's many other people out there. Uh, with well, a How can role. anyone get out there? Well, that's, I mean, listen, we're going to talk more about this weather. The weather bomb that's happening is going to be very impactful in the National Football League schedule tomorrow and Christmas Day. Uh, and of course, we got to talk about tonight's game against the Washington Capitals. And uh, a long history of Alex Ovechkin scoring big goals against Winnipeg. Will he do it tonight? I guess we will find out. But before we move on to tomorrow's game, let's hear a little bit from uh, Rick Bonus and what he thought about his Jets performance yesterday in a tough, hard-fought loss against the number one team in the National Hockey League. Well, the, uh, the penalties um,
3: hurt us in the second. Face-offs hurt us the whole game. They dominated the faceoff off circle. Uh, so, yeah, we survived. You know, we had, did a really good job in the first... Uh, the goal off the, uh, the first goal, there's not much you can do about that. That's hockey. But it was the penalties, the three penalties in nine minutes that took away all our momentum. And that hurt us without a doubt. And then the face-offs were a big factor as well.
1: All right, penalties and face-offs. And you know, Reem, face-offs have been a topic all season long. It has not been a strength of the Winnipeg Jets. I think it's been a big reason why Kevin Stenland... Has found himself with a, well, first of all, a spot in the middle when he was recalled and moving David Gustason off to the side. And as great as the Jets centers have played offensively, Mark Scheifele, Pierre Luc Dubois in particular, and Adam Lowry, there hasn't been anyone that's really been consistently dominant in the faceoff circle. And that's exactly what the Boston Bruins are. And when the Bruins are starting with the puck more often than not, it just makes it that much harder of a hill to
2: climb to beat a team of that quality. Boston, they're such a good team. We talked about their depth, um, how many top scores they have, and yeah, when you give the give these guys the power play and they start with the puck, uh, as Rick Bone has mentioned on faceoffs, there you're putting them at an advantage. And uh, look, you give this team a couple of advantages like power plays and um, you know in possession, they'll t- you know they'll put the puck in the back of the net and. I think the first one certainly lucky, but you know they rolled a power through and you really saw them grab the momentum as the game uh went on there and were able to get the win with the late third period goal. Um let's uh hear
1: from Bones about what ta- happened in the first period including his thoughts of the Jets getting on the
2: board to uh, open the scoring.
3: Yeah, you, that's hockey. You, you got to, you know. You, okay.
2: which one was that What clip which clip is that one? Two. Oh, that's on the uh the first goal, sorry, first goal against us.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Sorry, this
2: is my the, bad. Uh, My well, bad. The Stanchion goal. This is him talking about the Stanchion goal. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's hockey. You, you gotta, you know, you, you've got to overcome those things. There's, there's, there's not much you can do about it, right? There, it's a harmless shooting that goes to their best goal scorer. Sometimes those things just happen, and you just have to find a way to overcome.
1: There's forty years of experience. Rationally discussing a really bad break that was a huge part of um, turning that game around in the favor of the Boston Bruins after the Jets got up to nothing early on. The other thing the Jets did quite a bit was, as we've discussed, spend time shorthanded. Here's uh, Bones on the amount of time his team was shorthanded and how it looked when they
3: were. Yeah, I mean, that's their top power play in the league. And you, you lose the faceoffs again, and you're killing penalties, and uh, and, you know, and you're spending too much time in your zone with the penalty kill. Um, so, you know, you try to stay out of the box as best you can against a team like that, but that is so good on the faceoff circle and so good with the power play, and then those things hurt us.
1: Well, Bones, uh, you know, alluding to those faceoffs again, and I mean, honestly, you know, you got two minutes at a deficit of one man. If you're able to win a draw or two during that, you know power play, you're probably cutting off ten to fifteen seconds per one faceoff. Well, that wasn't really happening, and you know when you have that much time and that much puck control for a power play of the quality of the Boston Bruins, uh, it could very well end up in the back of the net, and it did. Uh, that being said, the team was tied going into the third period. And um, Rick Bonus talked about the situation his team was in after 40 minutes and a real tidal wave of momentum for Boston since they scored that opening goal.
3: We, we talked about it after the game. That's the, best hockey, that's the best team in the league right now. And we battled them right to the end. Our guys worked very, very hard tonight. They did. They were. They battled hard. Um, so that's all you can ask. So you'd like to see a few more shots on that? Yeah. Uh, a little more pressure on there yet, but the guys did work hard, and again, that's that's the top team in the league. So we were right there with them right till the end, and our best goal scorer had a great. A. They scored on their chance from the slot. We had the same opportunity, and we just missed it. That, um, that's hockey.
1: All right, there's uh, Rick Bonus, and man, he is referring to that play at the final seconds of the game, Reem, and, you know, with about 10 seconds left, it seemed like it was over. And if I'm not mistaken, it was Josh Morrissey that got it up to, I believe, Adam Lowry. And all of a sudden, with like three seconds left, Kyle Connor is all alone in front of Jeremy Swayman, but wasn't able to hit the net. And um, that was one of those, in a lot of ways, it sort of described. Uh, The game overall in that the Jets did some good things, had some chances, but um, just came up short against
2: a team that made the most of theirs and got a freebie earlier in the game. You saw them passing it around and trying to set something up. It seemed like they weren't going to. And then all next thing you know, they had a zone entry and Kyle Connors all alone would have been crazy. I mean, that's the guy you want with the puck on a stick and a chance to tie the game or it wasn't able to do it but made it exciting to the end. And I think, you know, look, they went toe to toe with one of the top teams in the league. And bones was asked about injuries. He's not going to make excuses, but um, you know, they had all their injuries earlier. They had McAvoy out. They had uh, Marchand out and the jets are now m- still missing. Uh, Ehlers Wheeler, you know, Schmidt Appleton. Um, so it's certainly uh in a tough spot, but Hey, you got to play, you know, who you have. So I, I think you got to be happy with it was, but you would have liked to see them get the two points. And you know, maybe it is a slightly a missed opportunity, but um, you know they'll have a chance to get back on the horse. I'm curious how it's going to go uh, tonight in Washington on a back to back coming off a loss.
1: Well, and, and you know it's certainly we'll see how. Uh, I mean, we don't really have any information because with no morning skate today, with the to travel and getting ready for the game. But Cole Perfetti nicked up at the end of the game. Here's just one more clip from uh, Rick Bonus on uh, the injuries that uh, his team's dealing with right now.
3: They're, they're healthy. We're not. You. Yeah. Simple. I mean, that's. I don't want to call it a yeah. mind, but something No, no. There. They're healthy. And when you are the best team in the league and they're all healthy, then, then that's good for them. Lucky for them. Uh, we're, we're banged up, obviously. And But again, I give our guys credit. We're not making any excuses. We're playing hard.
1: All right. So there's Rick Bonus. Uh, you know, uh, no excuses, playing hard. But, and they're up against it right now. And uh, you hope that Cole Perfetti and everybody that finished the game last night for the Winnipeg Jets will be able to go tonight because it's the Alex Ovechkin Show. One goal behind Gordy Howe's eight oh one for his NHL career ream and... I don't think I need to remind anybody in the chat room or listening to the Winnipeg Sports Talk podcast right now about the historic success of Alex Ovechkin at lighting the lamp against this Winnipeg Jets franchise, dating all the way back to the Thrashers days.
2: Oh, you don't want to remind them? I was gonna, I was gonna remind them uh, then. Uh, although, I
1: said we don't need to, but we certainly can.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, Ovechkin did score another milestone goal against the Jets, number six hundred, on March twelfth. Uh, 2018, and yes, he's scored more goals against the Jets thrashers franchise than any other any other team. Uh, I didn't notice this from the game notes, and I said this to you. Uh, the Jets haven't won a game in Washington dating back to January twenty two, twenty thirteen. Since that That's date, this is crazy. They are o five and four since then. They've lost four of the past five in Washington, in overtime or a shootout. Um, so, the, I mean, Washington. I think so, I think I saw people mentioning in the chat that the Jets never have success in Washington. There are the numbers: zero wins since 2013. And Alex Ovechkin, he needs two more to score past Gordy Howe. He did set the all-time record for shots on goal yesterday, passing Ray Bork. I mean, you're watching a living legend here, and I'm really hoping, you know, I was hoping last night that he would score and pass and tie Gordie Howe, but I think he was saving it for home us. He had two assists yesterday. He was, he wasn't shooting. He knew he wanted to come home and he knew he was playing. his figures, guaranteed goals against the Jets. And uh, hopefully the Jets can stop. Him. We don't have to watch uh, another historic celebration against them. That would be, that wouldn't be a great Christmas, huh?
1: Well, put it this way, I just hope the Jets can uh, light it up on the other end because I think it's more likely than not, to be perfectly honest, that Ovi gets on the scoreboard tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. It just seems like that is the way that it goes. And it wouldn't surprise me. He often does it in bunches if he gets a couple. Uh, But I would take, I think Phyllis said in chat, Ovi scores, but the Jets win. And uh, we don't take that. I mean, I don't mind watching history. The bottom line for the Winnipeg Jets, though, is, I mean, they had that nice win on Tuesday against the Ottawa Senators and, you know, were able to outscore some of the, the ups and downs of their play, I think, is a safe way, of going back to the way Rick Bonus described it. Um, And last night, you know, a hard-fought game against the best team in the league. They didn't have anything to show for it in the uh, standings, and they'll look to try and grind out a couple more points tonight but um, the big story of tonight's game of course is not going to be on the
2: Winnipeg side it's going to be the guy wearing 8 in the C in Washington Red here are the numbers that I've been looking to find us Alex Ovechkin in his career against the Jets Thrashers franchise 70 games 51 goals 44 assists 95 points that's almost like a full season's worth of games so uh, I mean, back to back on the road. I'm actually looking. If you're looking at betting, I, I looked at all the home teams tonight. It just seems like if you're on the road, you just want to get that you know get out of there and get home. And a lot of teams are playing back to backs too. So I think the Jets are definitely uh, against right. the eight ball here. Fade Remus time. Fade Remus time. Jets on the road. Money line. I Let's do it. <laughs> like I want to take Ovechkin and uh, like on fantasy, but I don't know. It's it's always tough taking guys against against the Jets. At least when the Jets were playing well. When the Jets were like doing bad, you know, it was more fun because you knew that you you felt like you knew them better than any other team. Anyway, well as I say, I'm not here for any emotional hedging tonight. Hopefully we'll see what they can do.
1: Six o'clock start tonight. We'll talk about it more with Mike McIntyre. And with Ted Wyman coming up, I'm looking forward to seeing who's on Ted's naughty and nice list as we head into Christmas coming up on the weekend. Um, Hey, just before we do that, have to give a, a big shout out to our friends at Consolidated Supply. Don't forget Marbles at the bottom of the hour. They are going to be closed next week, but start thinking about 2023, some of those projects, landscaping, outdoor kitchens, hot tubs, or maybe that golf cart to get you around in the summer on uh, on the lot. It's all there. Consolidated Supply, 1395 Nyakwa Road East and when they open up again after being closed next week you can uh, find them and listen you can find them 24/7 365 on their brand new uh, expanded website at cte.ca uh, of course It's the holidays right now. There's many people in need, and there's a lot of great folks in Winnipeg and Manitoba that are doing their part to make Christmas a little brighter. But the spirit of volunteerism and helping out the community goes 12 months a year, and that is what we want to hear from you, WST listeners. For our unsung hero program along with wallace and wallace and jets defenseman josh morrissey send us an email to Hero at winnipegsportstalk.com and tell us about the person in your life in your community that's making an impact through volunteering spending their time helping out whether it just be in and around the holidays doing things like helping out the cheer board red nose and whatnot or making an impact through a variety of charities that are so important at this time of year uh, but it can be more than that too I mean people that are incredibly active and in helping minor sports happen uh, hell the referees are unsung heroes if you ask me uh, it's wide open unsung hero at Winnipeg sportstalk.com our winner for December. Will get an autographed Josh Morrissey jersey and will also, Wallace and Wallace will be making a $500 donation to the Dream Factory in the name of the Winnipeg Sports Talk listener that nominates December's unsung hero. And even better, Josh and Margot Morrissey are going to match that $500. So another $1,000 going to the Dream Factory, of which Josh is an important ambassador for. Uh, Hey, I'm not sure if you're all completely set for Christmas, but if you aren't, you still got a little bit of time. And you can shop local for the holidays with a quick stop over to Vita Health Fresh Market. Give the gift of health with a Vita Health gift card, some essential oils, candles, bath bombs, chocolates, and so much more. You can also stock up on some of your favorite holiday food items like stuffing, cranberry sauce, non alcoholic wines and drinks, plant based turkey options, and more. Uh, Vita Health Fresh Market. A great local company, family owned and operated since 1936 with Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, empowering people to lead healthy lives with seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. And a big, big happy holidays to uh, Kelly, Ryan, Matt and the entire great team over at Vita Health Fresh Market. All right, let's welcome in the always jolly Ted Wyman of the winnipeg sun ted uh what's going on my friend best of the season to you
4: i'm great man and we always have lots to talk about but i must say this has been quite uh a, a special month hasn't it in terms of sports just uh you know with the world cup the way everything ended there uh you know the jets are playing really good hockey and uh, it's it's enjoyable to watch them um there's no question about it every game seems to be pretty entertaining and uh you know, I mean, the, the the bombers are bringing back all their, you know, bringing bringing the uh, full core back, basically, and looking to reload and try to make up for that loss in the Grey Cup. So, I mean, I think if you're a sports fan around these parts, you're probably pretty happy going into Christmas.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it has been a great run, and I, I mean, listen, I mean, we got to mention uh, this, the start of the Rick Bonus era. Uh, and I know you obviously follow everything in the Winnipeg sports scene. But, I mean, you've been around for a long time. You know where the organization was at at the end of last season. You're very familiar with where the fan base was at in the offseason and the challenges that they've had to sort of get this turned around and maybe get some people back on board. Uh, It's really hard to put into words just what an incredible job Rick Bonus has done and how far this team has come in the 30-odd games since they started under their new head coach.
4: Well, isn't it funny, too, because we all know that the – Jets wanted to to be, you know, Barry Trotz. They had their eyes on some other people as well. Rick Bonus was not the first choice for this team. But if you were looking back now, you'd say, how could there have been a better choice than Rick Bonus for this team? Because he's able to push the buttons that just weren't being pushed with this group. He was able to bring them together. They're much more cohesive. He's unleashed some players who didn't, you know, maybe weren't living up to their full potential, because maybe their coaching wasn't wanting them to. And, and now they're just doing all the things that um, you know, that they can do right now. And everybody's doing it together, and it's just working so well. And there's no doubt in my mind that Rick Bonus has so much to do with that. His assistant coaches, I think, have been great. I think the whole organization needed that fresh voice. Even Paul Maurice knew that when he left, and that's exactly what they've gotten. And it's interesting because he's the most experienced coach in the entire NHL. But he is, you know, he's still able to bring that fresh voice, that fresh enthusiasm. He tells it like it is. He doesn't let anybody off the hook for anything. And it seems like they're really embracing that.
1: Yeah. I mean, the frankness and the honesty that we get and the fans get from Rick Bonus and what he's saying and being very clear right off the bat, there's nothing he's telling us that he hasn't told the players already. Has, I mean, the one word we talked about, Ted, at the end of last season over and over and over again was accountability. And it really does seem like Rick Bonus has established a new way of doing things, a new way of communicating with each other. And maybe we've got to give the players themselves some credit for that with the way they got together and put together that mantra or the code that they all actually signed on, which is... You hear a lot of things about that, but that's really taking it a step further. And I'm with you. I mean, listen, as much as we were all banging the drum for Barry Trotz and it would have been a great story, I'd have a hard time arguing right now as we go into this game tonight in Christmas that the results could have been better with anybody else at the helm than what Bonus has done. And a part of it is the fact you mentioned is 40 years of experience. I think he sort of sees this in some ways as the last hurrah. He's done it all. He's been around, he's got his experience, and he's going to do it his way, and he's been doing it from day one. And not having those worries about, oh, job security and what am I going to do next, I think has made in a lot of ways almost a perfect situation to do a complete flip on the direction that this team was going on heading into the offseason.
4: Well, and they're really able to use their depth well, too, because he makes sure that guys get in the lineup. He doesn't have guys sitting out for extended period of time. If they're around, he's going to find a way to get them in. And, yeah, somebody who is playing decently may have to take a seat, but that's okay because it's more important to have everybody have a piece of it, right, and get out there and contribute. So you saw Capobianco get in. He gets a goal. You see Stenlin come up, and he's played really well for them. And, I mean, I don't know how that guy comes out of the lineup right now because he's playing really well. And you know there's a lot of really good players coming back and some of these guys are going to be out of the lineup. But there is, uh, you know, it's it's just worked really well with the whole group and not just the top guys. But you see the energy that the top guys have and the fact that, you know, they're all playing, you know, it looks like those forwards, uh, guys like Connor and Shifley who we haven't always said we're 200 foot players. It looks like they're certainly trying to play that 200 foot game, and Pierre Luc Dubois is playing a really well-rounded game with that, you know, 200 foot game, but also physical and also getting in people's faces and annoying everybody out there, and and also putting the puck in the net. So there's a really, uh, you know, guys like that are just having spectacular seasons, and it's and it all adds up to what you're seeing. And then of course you've got the, one of the very best goalies in the league in Connor Halbach, who I think. You know, he's just doing hella buck things. I don't know that that changes with the coaching because he certainly has the same coach as well with Wade Flaherty. But the biggest difference to me is really the defense in general, the way they've played, the way that they've gelled and and been successful at puck moving and playing a little more offense. And, of course, Josh Morrissey in particular. I mean, I'm just in awe at times at how well that guy is playing. And I say that, I say in awe because, you know, I've watched him his whole career. And we just didn't see some of these things. I mean, spin moves and dekes at the line and coming in and ripping shots off the post and slap passes that he's doing all the time. And it's opening up great opportunities for players. Wide open nets, And it's just incredible vision. And it's so great, I think, to see a player who obviously had that potential have the team, the organization, find a way to tap into that. Because right now you could say for sure that he's in the Norris Trophy conversation and he's been in my opinion the Jets best player this year.
1: Yeah I mean he has been absolutely phenomenal I mean I I still think I mean I will give Hellebuck the nod just because I mean of just how important he is the level that he's played really from the start but again his great numbers and his results are not just on the shoulders of one person And, and I'll say this the same thing with the defense getting the forwards to buy in and play a system and look, the fact that people around the league are now referring to the Winnipeg Jets as a system team, a team where it doesn't matter who's in the lineup, you can pretty much count on what they're going to do, the way they're going to play, um, is such a credit to Rick Bonus, but also to the buy-in of the players, Ted, because, you know, we know these guys are on, everyone's on a different contract, people have different interests. If you're going your own way and thinking about yourself, you don't get this sort of full team buy-in, and you know, for so many years, it's an interesting kind of connection to the Bombers, which you cover so closely. The turnaround in the Bomber organization from top to bottom has been phenomenal over the last decade. Yeah. But the culture that Mike O'Shea has built, that in a lot of ways seems almost led by the players. Um there's signs of that starting in Winnipeg under Rick Bonus right now, and that might be the best thing happening outside of the obvious results on the ice because, um, you know, having a championship culture and having everyone really feeling like they are part of the team and pulling on the same rope, that's how you get the results, and we've seen great results so far this season.
4: Yeah, you know, in the Bombers organization, the players know that it's the Mike O'Shea way, but he leaves the locker room to them. It's That's not his room. He's got his own room you know, they, they have their spot and they do create that culture themselves. And then that's why they continually are bringing back players like Willie Jefferson and Adam Big Hill and, you know, and, and all these guys who, who have been a part of establishing that culture and are continuing to pass it along. And then you get newer players starting to, um, to pass it along as well. Like you, I remember last year talking to, Players in training camp and and they all said you know i said what do you hope for this year and they said i just want to play more of a leadership role with this team and i get the sense very much like you do that that is the case in with the jets right now i mean it's hard to believe when you consider how incredibly fractured that locker room was just not even a year ago i mean around a year ago this time was when it really started to become a problem and it and it got worse and worse as the season went on and of course they missed the playoffs and um, and the, you know, the coaching staff was cleaned out and, but, but you just see, um, there seems to be joy, you know, and, 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 I'll, you know, as media guys, we weren't in the room all the time in the last few years because of the pandemic, but you're, you are in there now and we are talking to players a little more face to face and you can truly sense a much more of a, a joy of a happiness in their words and in their faces, when they're out there speaking and I mean of course when you're winning that's the truth but I'm saying this right from the very start of the season and I you know I do like uh I think that this team really likes having guys like you know a guy like Nate Schmidt around you know when he's hurt that's kind of uh, it's bad in a couple of ways because one he's not there in that locker room during the games but he's also a very good player but it's just the levity that that guy brings and David Riddick's another guy that brings a lot of levity to the locker room and you're just seeing, I think, a transformation of this organization to a much more loose one, at least in terms of how they deal with one another in the room. And I think that is translating into success on the ice.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny. Rob Mahoney coming in with some terrible takes in chat. Uh, by the way, um, a great one from Ryan Friesen. Dubois sure isn't playing like he wants to leave the Jets now that, uh, I mean, and listen, he's doing a lot to help him. Um But, I mean, Rob Mahoney's saying that I definitely want to trade Mark Shifley. Listen, we talked a lot about that last year because of what happened last year, the way Mark Shifley was playing, and certainly what we heard from Mark at the end of last season. Speaking of the naughty and the nice list, I mean, the turnaround in Shifley's game and his renewed commitment to this team, I mean, is right. Like, we can talk about Hellebach. We can talk about the incredible season that Josh Morrissey's having. Mark Shifley just got 20 last night, and... I mean anyone that honestly watched the team last year and heard what Mark Shifley happened and this was what was said at the end of last year and this wasn't just in this market this was around the National Hockey League had huge huge questions about his future I guess we'll see I mean there's one more year in his contract and that's a huge decision for Kevin Shevel dayoff but we're not talking about a team sniffing around first place right now without talking about Mark Shifley's renewed commitment to being a team player to doing things in both ends and obviously getting the most of you know the all-world skill that he's had for a long time with another 20-goal season.
4: Yeah, and it's all happening for him right now, isn't it? And he's really shown a great uh, propensity for putting the puck in net, which he has throughout his career. And he, as we've talked about before on this show, Huss, that 2018 playoff run, he was easily one of the very best forwards in the National Hockey League in that particular moment. He's playing a lot more like that guy right now than he was and I mean I don't think he's even tried to keep it a secret that he just didn't feel like they were getting coached well uh last season in at at any point really and he didn't feel you know he he talks about it all the time we're getting really not just really good coaching we're getting coaching right now I mean that's he, he really hasn't uh hasn't held back in talking about those things and um that's another thing that you just have to uh, put a notch for uh, for Rick Bonus because he's managed to get through to a guy who wasn't really taking it last year. You know, I don't think he was being a very good, uh, a very coachable player. Uh, he didn't seem to be, his heart didn't seem to be completely into it. Um, you know, there were obviously some problems in the room, whether they were completely directed at him or not, I have no idea, but he certainly, you know, it certainly sounded like there were some issues there. But if you can turn it around and if a coach can come in and get you just thinking the right way. He left the A on his on his sweater. He's part of the leadership group. He's certainly leading with the way that he's playing on the ice. And uh, I think that's just, again, it's just another one of those things where when we looked at this team at the beginning of last season, we thought it was a real contender. The, the pieces were there. They didn't do it at all last year. They come back this year, a little bit of a change, some tweaks here and there, and a big one with the coach. And now you see a team that really is living up to the potential that they could. And I think just being happier and uh, well-coached and being allowed to do the things that you do well is working extremely well for them. Well,
1: you know what? And Morrissey, a number of players have talked about the level of communication they had with Bonus over the course of the summer. And Shifley is as well. And I mean, I don't know. I, I think we've seen little hints about this that have maybe been listen, I mean, we can't have this conversation about the new feel around the team and the coaching without talking about the guy that was in charge for all those years beforehand. And it was amazing to hear Mark Scheifele say about how he's never had communication like this with a coach before. And a lot of this started in the summer because, of course, there were huge questions. Sarah Orleski's first act as a member of the Winnipeg Jets was sitting down with Mark Scheifele when he came in to play in the Manitoba Open, we all recall. And... I think it was a perfect way to sort of break the ice on that and get ahead of it. And Mark said all the right things that you'd want to hear somebody say, but it's very easy to say something in the middle of the summer in an interview where, you know, everything's coming. It's a whole nother scenario to go up, back it all up and basically do exactly as you said. And as I said, I mean, I don't want to say that's a huge surprise, but I think it was a major question mark going into this year and, the way he's bought in and connected with Rick bonus along with a number of other players that, you know, have taken their game to another level, a big part of where the Winnipeg jets are right now. As far as the bombers though, Ted, you alluded to this right when you came on for bomber fans that want to see the band kept together. It's been, uh, it's been like an advent calendar of signings. Uh, Walters every day you kind of open one up and there's another guy and, Man, they seem to be well on the way to bringing back the core of this team for another run at it, and what will, I'm sure, be unfinished business from day one of training camp.
4: Well, and and not just the core, of course, but also Mike O'Shea. I mean, that is uh, that is the it number starts one It starts with Osh. Well, it starts with him, and I mean, this thing that has worked out so well for them all started um, way back in uh, in December of 2013. That's when he was hired. And he didn't, he didn't really know how to coach. He didn't know much about being a head coach. He, he had some ideas. He had to learn on the job. He had to learn on the fly. And it took him a while, right? But he, he absolutely has progressed every single season since he came along. And he has built this team into a terrific contender, a two-time Great Cup champion, easily could have been a third-time Great Cup champion, almost certainly will be a contender to do it again next year. And I think that's just, uh, you know, that's just so important that they've been able to keep him for as long as they have, because every time his contract comes up, the the word, you know, people start wondering, well, where, you know, is another team going to take a run at him? Is somebody going to hand him the coach and GM job? Is somebody going to make him, um, you know, an offer he can't refuse and an opportunity to go and, and rebuild another franchise. But so far, Right now, until 2025, he's sticking right around here and he's just going to keep doing the good job that he's been doing. And, uh, you know, I think it's just, uh, it's turned out incredibly well, especially him being a player who had no connection to the Blue Bombers beforehand. He was obviously with the Argos and Tiger Cats for his Hall of Fame career as a linebacker, but he came here, embraced it, made Winnipeg his family home, and has been nothing but great for this organization. Ted,
1: we always love to do our Princess Auto Curling reports on the show, and there has been some Ah. interesting news. I cannot have you on the program, although talking about two of my favorite guys, Reed Carruthers (laughs) and Jason Gunlickson, who had had a great start to the season and had some good results, go their separate ways this week. What happened?
4: Well, and two really good friends and, you know, yeah. two of the better guys in curling is uh, the, it's a, it was a real shocker to everyone in the curling community, um, especially with the timing of it, because all the teams are formed at this point. There's not a lot of free agents out there that you can bring in to play third, but, you know, certainly not that are as good as Jason Gunlickson, but something wasn't working there it was very clear. And uh, I did talk to both guys uh, and, and, you know, Reed Carothers said it was all about performance. They just weren't clicking as a team and they felt like they needed to make that change. And Gunnar uh, actually did not want to talk about it. <laughs> he said, you know, basically no comment. So I'm not sure where his head is at, at this point. Um, it's, you know, it's a, it's a really, I guess it's not the worst timing because it's early in a and quadrennial it's not like you're right before the olympic trials or something having this happen but you know it's going to be hard for both of them to both both teams or both gunner and the Carruthers team to pick up the pieces here and and go forward because you know like like i said before there's not a lot of vice skips out there just waiting to come in and play for reed Carruthers. and and their provincials are only six weeks away uh whereas where where might a guy like uh, Jason Gunlickson land. Like, I mean, there's a lot going on there. Um, But it's, it is a shocking, surprising story. And uh, I I don't know why, but in curling men, do people ever love that? I think they love that more than anything when there's a little soap opera (laughs) drama within a team, that's what gets people's attention. And uh, you know, I get more emails and at tweets and that kind of stuff about that than anything.
1: Oh, listen, there's some juicy drama around the curling scene. And sometimes, I mean, listen, this was such a shock because you mentioned how close these guys were. I sat down with them in person at the beginning of the season over at Princess Auto when we got going along with Jen and um, Mackenzie Zacharias, which was so much fun. And then you saw the results that they'd had early on in the season. I thought, this is going to be great. And then, I mean, it really did catch people's... So who's next for... uh, like, who's going to come in on Reed Carruthers' team going forward next year? and What's uh, what's Brad Jacobs
4: doing right now? I think he's on a team now. I think he's going to play in the Northern Ontario Provincials, but I don't think that it was a particularly, uh, like, it's not, not a well-known team, not compared to the way he was before. Uh, I did reach out to Kirk Myers because he's available, and uh, he's playing focused on mixed doubles. He's not planning to make a comeback. He would be a guy that would be a potential there. Um, you know but there's you You mentioned Jacobs obviously he he was available at some point I'm not sure what his availability is at this point but yeah it's not a huge list of players and it may not be one of your top end guys it might be somebody that's going to have to come in and, uh, and 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 try to get this job done um, you know maybe playing at a higher level than they usually do uh, it, it's going to be really interesting because it's like I said you're you're coming into the new year. These teams are all formed. They're all set. They've all been playing together. Um, You know, I think Reed said he didn't want to go and poach anybody, but he also didn't know if maybe there was somebody out there that wasn't happy with their team or there was a bad fit or something, and they might be a better fit with his team. So there's a lot for them to look at in the next little while and a lot of options.
1: No doubt about it. Hey, just before we finish up, while we're on the curling topic, we've got to give a shout-out to Matty D. Dunstone. What a got what it. a team he's put together and what a run he's having right now. And I mean, that could very well be a team, never mind winning Manitoba, but could be a favorite when we get to the Briar later on this year.
4: Well, it could be, but you're still going to have Gushu and and Botcher and uh, you know you name it. The, the who's, it just speaks who, to who, how
1: well they played so far this year. Very yeah. early in the in this collection of his stuff. New, well,
4: not new to take anything away from them. I mean, Dunstone's been a bronze medalist twice at the Briar. He's he's played well uh, at the Briar. He's that's where he comes to life. You know, and I mean, it's interesting to see him playing so well now because that hasn't been uh, usually his peak has been more in the what they call the season of champions when the when the big events start going. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the new year, but he's really been strong here. And I mean, obviously, like, like you said, he's built really good, a really good team with really good players. Uh, B.J. newfeld has been one of the best thirds in the country for a long, long time in the game, period.
1: Yeah, well, it'll be, uh, it, listen, it's going to be a very interesting curling season. I can't wait to have Ted back on with us. Ted, happy holidays to you and the entire team at the Sun. Thanks so much for doing this, and we will look forward to catching up. In 2023, there's Ted Wyman of the Winnipeg Sun. Uh, he just waved goodbye to everybody. I'm not sure why we kept losing the video. That's a bit of a strange, strange things happening today heading into uh, heading into Christmas. Mike McIntyre is on deck. A L- bit, little bit on the DL like many of us right now, but uh, we'll give it a go with Mikey. And then, of course, Hacksaw coming up later on. And, of course, another qualifying race for the Marbles Tournament of Champions coming up. 2:45 today. We'll open it up and get her going. Um, just before we bring Mike in, you know how cold it is out right now. Many of you may have already had a call from a family member or a friend. Hey, man, my car won't start. Can you help me out? The best way you can help yourself out and everyone around it is make sure you've got a good, healthy battery. And if you want to test it, pop down to Manitoba Battery at 1026 Logan Avenue. If you know that it is new battery time, shop local, get the best price in town, and save time and money when Donnie and the gang deliver it to you citywide. Yeah, that's right, folks. Again, you can shop local, get save time and money by simply giving Manitoba Battery a call or going online to ManitobaBattery.com before 3 p.m. for same-day delivery citywide. Um, you know, all year long, Manitoba Battery has literally the best prices on batteries of all shapes and sizes. Talk more about that in the summer when, you know, maybe the toys are coming out. Right now, it's all about getting from point A to point B and making sure your vehicle is good to go. If you have any battery needs, give co- uh, contact Manitoba Battery and they'll bring it to you citywide. Nobody does it like Donnie and his team down at Manitoba Battery. Uh, Looking for some last-minute gift ideas? you got to rattle off a few more things on the list. Hey, take care of it all by getting down to Royal Sports. Uh, As you can see, the beautiful new line of Winnipeg Sports Talk hats are out there, including our blue and gold bomber tribute wordmark hat. Uh, And we've got the snapbacks and the dad hats. All versions are at Royal Sports right now, along with our new era toques. And if you're not in and around Royal, you can hit us up on the website at winnipegsportstalk.com slash store. That being said, as I mentioned, Royal's busy right now because it's the best and it is packed with the uh, best selection of licensed merchandise from all your favorite teams. Thousands of pieces of Jets merchandise, including the new retro reverse jerseys, tons of bomber gear. Blue Jays, Raptors, all NFL teams, World Cup soccer and more. The biggest hockey department in the city for people that are playing or looking for new equipment, sticks and whatnot. And then on the King Skate Snow and Surf side, incredible shoes. But the Yeti, if you're looking for a really cool gift idea, check out their Yeti section of coolers, thermoses and more. I've never seen a bigger Yeti section and it is going fast right now. So it's all there at Royal Sports for you. 750 Pemina Highway. Follow them on Instagram as well at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And hey, as we get into next week, it is Boxing Week. And man, does Andrew and the gang at F Apparel have a massive Boxing Day sale planned. All custom clothing. So suits, dress shirts, and more, 20% off. Anything off the rack, like sweaters and polos, 30% off. And all accessories, like ties, tie bars, socks, pocket squares, et cetera, 50% off. If you've been knowing you need to upgrade the wardrobe heading into 2023, don't wait until New Year's. Take care, uh, take advantage of the F Apparel Boxing Week sale running in-store and online from December 26th to December 31st. Again, 190 Smith Street downtown. You can check out everything they've got online at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. All right, let's get our guy Mike McIntyre in here, and uh, Mike, glad you're powering through, uh, hanging in. You like many of us, myself included, and Connor Hellebuck on a bit of the shelf with a non-COVID illness.
5: Yeah, I, uh, I was around Connor Hellebuck, of course, in Vancouver and Seattle the other day, but I'm not going to blame, I'm not going to blame Connor for getting me, uh, getting me sick. In fact, it's probably more uh, to do with the. The crowded sky trains and airport terminals and flights—it uh, was—it was a gong show hustle to get back from the West Coast earlier this week. Uh, I'm actually extremely lucky that I'm not joining you today from Vancouver, where I very well still could have been stuck. Um, my Monday night flight ended up getting canceled. I got rebooked for yesterday, so I was gonna have to spend three extra days in Van City found an opening on a Tuesday morning flight, um, made it to the airport just in the nick of time. And somehow, and I still don't understand this, our flight was actually allowed to take off on Tuesday morning when like 98% of the other flights were grounded uh, in Vancouver. So I was very lucky to get home. Um, I won't look a gift horse in the mouth and, uh, and overly question it, but uh, I know some people are really struggling to kind of get from point A to point B with all the the travel uh, chaos right now. Not only on the West Coast, now it's happening on the East Coast as well. And cross your fingers for our buddy Jeff Hamilton. Uh, us. Jeff's on this road trip. He's in Washington tonight. He's flying home tomorrow. I believe he's supposed to go through Toronto. Uh, and uh, let's just hope that Jeff uh, is able to make it home without any issues.
1: Yeah, I, uh, we may have to do a special little, uh, stream or something, uh, Christmas with hammer from where, from wherever he is, because I mean, you're right. I mean, listen, I knew I wasn't traveling in and around now. I got my travel out earlier this month and, uh, it was a lot of it to get back from the Middle East and the world cup, but man, watching what's happening in this crazy weather system, we're going to get into it a little bit more with hacks on how it's going to affect the NFL games this weekend. I mean, the timing of this could not be worse. And it is a, I mean, we're not talking about just a small pocket of the continent that's getting hit with it. Um, and listen, we were used to getting it to minus 20 and minus 25. Uh, the areas South of us are not. And um, I can't wait to see what these stadiums look like at some of these venues tomorrow. How many hardcore fans are actually going to be showing up, how many empty seats and what it does to the play. But
5: um, you're I, right. Uh... Just to interrupt you, Hussle, I got a crash course in that. So what I did last weekend, I actually flew into Vancouver, covered the Jets game Saturday. Then I drove to Seattle rather than fly to Seattle. And Sunday morning, they got the first of two systems. And so I had to actually drive through a snowstorm down to Seattle. And and I can tell you this, people in British Columbia do not know how to drive in snow. Um, (laughs) Now, part of it, is maybe the, the, there's some added comfort in that all vehicles have to have snow tires there. So my rental had snow tires, but my goodness, I saw a lot of terrified drivers on the road who should not have been. I also saw Huss, not one, not two, but three flipped upside down vehicles in ditches along the uh, the highway down to Seattle. And then I had to do it all over again Monday to drive back to Vancouver because I was flying in and out of Vancouver on this trip. And that's when the second weather system hit, the one that grounded all the planes for days. Uh so yeah, my my nerves definitely got a workout, uh, which probably also didn't help the uh the bug that I seem to have picked up uh, on the way home. But um, uh all is well. We we soldier on. Well, hopefully, Hammer does get back. By the way, a
1: quick thanks, Adam Douglas with the super chat. Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah Hus and Remus. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you for being awesome, Adam. Really do appreciate that. And uh, WST Hall of Famer, T. Kona Pauly. I'm not sure if we have a Hall of Fame, but t-, t. Kona Pauly would be first ballot with another super chat. Merry Christmas, WST. Thank you very much, guys. We uh, we greatly appreciate it. Just one quick travel story just before we get to these other topics. I was out last night with the fellas watching the game. And a guy came up to me and we were just having a little bit of a, a, a short talk. And I noticed that he was wearing a jean jacket. And I'm like... a jean jacket it's like minus 30 outside right now this guy was supposed to fly he was from regina supposed to fly to cabo yesterday at seven in the morning got a call or noticed the night before flights cancelled you're screwed so he t- contacts the people do we have any recourse is there any other way we can get there well you can get on the nine o'clock or 9 30 flight from winnipeg if you can get there it's like oh all right fine so they drive from winnipeg to regina that 9 30 flight gets pushed back to three o'clock gets pushed back to nine o'clock and then gets canceled so this oh. poor guy was zero for two stuck in winnipeg with only the clothes he was planning on going to mexico in. <laughs> it, was, it was a disaster so wherever you are right now folks be thankful it could be a hell of a lot worse um Mike, what'd you think of the game last night? Um, you know, we were kind of kicked this around. I mean, a real bad break that seemingly yeah. was the turning point in it. Um, and we saw the Boston Bruins flex on the jets, why they are the number one team in the national hockey league. But, uh, you know, lots of comments about the, um uh, penalties that were called one way that didn't go the other way, but, uh, in, in any, I don't know. I, I thought that this was a pretty strong performance against a great team. And, uh, You know, like Rick Bonus said, I mean, there were a lot of things that the Jets could be proud of. That being said, proud doesn't get you any points in the standings, and they'll look to uh, try and squeeze a couple more out of the road in
5: Washington tonight. Yeah, I mean, look, Rick Bonus has said from day one there's going to be no moral victories. I'd almost make an exception, us, uh, for last night. I would say that, in a way, that was a moral victory because – you had a, a an undermanned Jets team, and again, we we almost just have stopped talking about it. But they're missing twenty four million dollars worth of players right now. Take take twenty four million in salary out of any team, they're going to they're going to take a hit. Uh, so the Jets have taken that hit, but they've weathered it tremendously. Um, there's also the schedule, and again, I'm not making excuses for them. It, I'm just stating facts. Their schedule has been absurd lately. They're they're playing a ridiculous amount of hockey. I think it's going to end up being eight and thirteen after tonight. That's a lot of hockey. And and that's included, you know, they were in the on the West Coast. Now they're on the East Coast. They were briefly home. Um all that combined, they're going up against a team that's 17-0 and two at home. And the Jets in that first period last night, Huss, I thought they absolutely schooled the Bruins. That was one of the best periods of the year that the Jets have played all year. Was it sustainable? Probably not. And you knew that a push was coming. Maybe what we didn't expect was that the first Boston goal, the dam, if you will, would break not on a beautiful play or a hard earned kind of greasy goal, but on just a completely lucky, fluky play. And, you know, I don't know if they keep stats on this, Hus, but. Doesn't it feel like Connor Hellebuck's been burned by more of those than any other goalie in the NHL? Like the Plinko goal? He leads the league in Plinko goals against the bad bounce.
1: Well, and, and, you know, we always joke about how, I mean, the most nervous moment of a game for any Jet fan is when Ellie's out of his net handling the puck. But in this case, this is exactly what your coach to do, exactly where you're supposed to be. He was in the right spot. At the last minute the thing kicks out and it just doesn't kick out. It's kicks out in front of a wide open net to, of all people, David Pasternak. I mean, as Rick bonus said, he's been around long enough. That is hockey, but it was still a bit of a tough pill to swallow. Um, That being said, Mike, we saw more brilliance from Josh Morrissey. Uh, I mean, I don't even know where to start with, you know, the season that he's had so far. He's already broken a number of records. The point streak continues. Um, he's beaten his season high for points already and we're not even at Christmas right now. And, you know, we've had a lot of fun talking about Norrisy, but I'll tell you what, he um he's earned that his position in that conversation right now and what a huge, huge level of importance he's been for the team overall because I really believe the way Josh is playing right now
5: is making the players around
1: him better as well.
5: Well, and you see that list of uh, assists and an assist streak that he's on right now has not forget about the franchise record he's already set that josh morrissey is entering elite and dare i say historic company when it comes to his assist streak right now i think there's only five players in nhl history defensemen that have had a longer assist streak than him and obviously he'll try and keep that going tonight heading into the break but yeah, I mean Josh Morrissey's doing everything, right? He's scoring, he's setting guys up, he's adding all these new elements. The slap pass has kind of become his his new thing lately. And he almost had another one. I think it was to Dylan DeMello last night, uh, where he tried the slap pass. Um, playing great, you know, two-way hockey, great in his own end, obviously leading. You know, he wears an A on his sweater, and there there is no captain this year. So I would suggest Huston being around the team. Josh Morrissey is actually He's taken on an even bigger role than he already had when it comes to leadership and in the room, helping helping the transition with the new coaching staff, new players. Josh Morrissey's doing everything. And the Jets, you know, when you, when you list off Winnipeg's MVPs, uh, I, I, you know, obviously Josh Morrissey and Connor Hellebuck right now are, are neck and neck. Um, and both guys could be looking at hardware by the time the year ends. In fact, us, if the season were to end today... There could be all kinds of award you know, nominations for Jets. Kyle Conner, uh, he's at almost a 90-point pace, and he's taken one penalty again. He might just repeat his Lady Bing. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, Vesna, Josh Morrissey, Norris, Rick bonus if the season ended today, he'd have to be in, in consideration for the Jack Adams. So, you know, there, there's a number of players right now that are having breakthrough years. Uh, and we don't even talk about Mark Shifley, who hit 20 goals already last night. Eighth straight season that he's done that, which is remarkable. And he's on pace to score close to 50. What we've seen, Huss, and I go back to that $24 million in salary, the Jets are missing a lot of pieces, but there really has been um, you know, a, a, a committee step up here. And some nights it's the big stars, some nights it's your fourth liners, your third liners. The Jets are getting contributions across the board. It's a big reason they're 10 games above, you know, real 500, 21-11-1, and and in the position that they are. And uh, I'm curious to see, though, what they have left in the tank tonight. Now, granted, Washington also played last night and traveled. The Caps have been playing tremendous hockey. They're one of the hottest teams in the league. Uh, Ovi's now had, what, four straight games where he hasn't got the record. So you know that it's really eaten away at him and they're back at home um this will be really interesting to me to see what the jets have you know as they end this hellacious stretch of hockey do they have one more great effort in them or do we see something more in line with a few of the stinkers that we've seen and i don't know the answer to that i'll say Mm -hmm. this neither would terribly surprise me one way or the other um and for that reason i wouldn't put a whole ton of stock into how tonight plays out i would say this hus put me down for uh, ovi at least getting one tonight i oh. i say he does it <laughs> i mean we were
1: going over i mean the the amount of goals he scored against the jets over the years <laughs> he had 600 against the jets it would only be logical i mean the guys do right now yes um and i guess the big question is who's going to have the uh, job of preventing that from happening will Connor Hellebuck go back to back or um, will it be big save Dave and I would have to think considering it get busy again right out of the break with games on the 27th 29th and 31st Um, and the way Dave Riddish played this week as well um, I don't think that they should hesitate to go with big save Dave give Hellebuck a nice little rest because you know you're going to be riding 37 right out of the Christmas break
5: I fully expect uh, we will see big save Dave and Maybe in a way, Connor Hellebuck, uh, he 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 might avoid getting on the uh, historical films. Uh, he's already on <laughs> Ovi's reel once because I was there in Washington a few years back when Ovi scored. It seems like it was just yesterday that Ovi scored 600 against Conor Hellebuck. Um, so, yeah, he Conor Hellebuck uh, uh, probably misses the uh, chance. And I'm sure he won't be too sorry about it uh, to not be on the receiving end of another potential milestone. But Yeah, I mean, look, it's a good test for the Jets, another good team. Um, The Jets haven't been for for as well as they played this year. They actually haven't played all that well against the Eastern Conference. Um, So, you know, they're going to want to, I suspect they'll want to go into the break with a good game. But again, Hus, there's got to be a lot of things on players' minds this time of year. And I would think that's even, especially when you're on the road, For example, there's a bunch of Jets that are flying out after the game tonight. Like, they won't be chartering back to Winnipeg. They're going, trying to get to their homes to spend a couple days with family. And again, this monster weather system, like, I don't know what it means potentially for them. And if some guys who probably were going through Toronto, if they're going to be out of luck, uh, i got to imagine it's a stressful time for everybody. And uh, that goes for well-compensated hockey players as well.
1: Yeah, Jeff Hamilton and half the team are going to be spending Christmas in the Air Canada Lounge at Pearson <laughs> Airport, I have a feeling. Hey, T. Will, happy Festivus to Remo and Huss. When is the airing of grievances? I've got a lot of problems with you people. T. Will, thanks very much for the super chat, man, and uh, happy holidays to you. We uh, we do appreciate it.
5: Um, there, uh, to, on that point, there was a lot of airing of grievances over the officiating last night, Huss. Well, I mean, so I, I hate to... You know, I feel like I beat this to death, but, and I I don't want to sound like a homer. I'll criticize the refs when they make dumb calls that benefit the Jets as well. I do that on Twitter a lot. But let me, the one that really sticks out to me, Pierre-Luc Dubois pretty much has, he's pretty much impaled by a hockey stick. It's like jammed in his visor. It's sticking in his head. And I, I believe the ref if you can read lips said something like calm down or something to him when he kind of (laughs) protested, like calm down. How about you do your job? How is that not a high sticking penalty? That was a joke,
1: Mike. I mean, that's the, and I mean, we didn't really get into it after the game. We didn't hear what the explanation or lack thereof, but I mean, there was a couple relatively chintzy calls that went against the Winnipeg Jets. And when something as obvious as that gets overlooked, you, it does beg the question, what the heck is going on? But you know, bitching about the referees is—I uh, mean, you sort of just got to get over it. Rick Bonus did. Hey, things are going to happen, as he said. That's hockey. But uh, it, they didn't do the Jets any favors last night. No. That is—that's uh, for sure. Hey, let me ask you about—and um, and, I'll—I'll and say this right off the bat because a member, number of—well, um, I jokingly call them bots, but people on Twitter were on me a couple days ago for not being overly impressed and gushing about Billy's game against the Ottawa senators. Listen, I didn't think he was phenomenal or anything like that. I didn't think he was terrible, but I mean, this is a huge opportunity and you want to see Billy come in and do the things specifically that he does very well to, you know, help his chances of being more a part of this club going into the second half of the season. Um, I really liked him last night, actually. I mean, I just thought that he, and again, it's way harder, I think, to focus on a player for a 60-minute game on television as opposed to being in the building. So that is the caveat. But, um, you know, he certainly looked like he was a little bit more comfortable, was composed, I think did some of those things, like getting the puck out and out of the zone to the next guy as well as he's, um has done in the past. And I think, you know, pairing with Brendan Dillon, you know, was a real positive at the start, but um, not necessarily a referendum on each game, but just your thoughts on the opportunity that has presented Hainala right now with Nate Schmidt and Logan Stanley, both out long term. And, um, you know, if you want to talk about what you've seen so far from him, go ahead. But I'm thinking more about what's to come for Vili over the course of the next two to three weeks, considering you know, how well the defensive play has played the results, the team has had, which is not going in his favor, but at the same time, I mean, it's certainly a guy that has a ton of talent that is now getting this opportunity to presumably play more often than not on a regular basis right now.
5: I I'm with you in that. I didn't think he had a very strong game against Ottawa. Rick bonus just said he was okay. That's probably about as much as you can say about him, but I, I agree. I thought he was a lot better last night. I'll tell you the play that I really liked last night um, was a a shot block that he made. I think it was during the second period. He then took another one to the back of the neck. Yeah. That was scary. Yeah. So he he got drilled twice with the puck. That's the sort of thing has plays like that. That gets you a lot of currency with the coach Um, that goes over well in the room and on the bench. And you could actually see guys on the bench kind of patting him and checking to make sure he's Okay. I mean, we know Villy has all the offensive talent in the world. It's little things like that and and little plays in the game like that. That's what's going to keep him in the lineup and earn, you know, a bit longer leash from the coach. And I do think, uh, so I really do think that it is a long leash right now and it should be a long leash. I, I don't think there shouldn't be a fear of a rotation with Kyle Capobianco at this point. Um, you know, Rick Bonus said in training camp, kind of the key to get Villy into the lineup would be to potentially have one of those offensive guys, Morrissey, Yonk, Schmidt, not be in the lineup. Um, and so, you know, earlier in the year when, like, Stanley got hurt the first time, that didn't automatically open the door for Villy because the argument was, well, he's not that kind of player. And he's not. Uh, but now Nate Schmidt's gone. That's your, you know, one of your quarterbacks of your second power play unit, obviously an offensive play driver, and he's gone for up to six weeks. So that should give Villy a lot more runway here than he's had. And so I, I chalk the game against Ottawa up to a guy who, again, just hadn't played in weeks and had been quite sick, in fact. He had missed four straight moose games, hadn't played. The Jets have barely practiced. Um, so you know, he's not even really having a chance to to get into a groove, you know, on off days, it's just travel, rest, play. And in his case, travel, rest, not play. So, you know, I think he was a lot better last night. I would expect to see an even better version of him tonight, assuming he gets to stay in the lineup. But I think it would be a mistake at this point to take him out because the young guy, obviously confidence is, is always going to be an issue with a young player. But I think he has to know that as long as he, as long as he's making the effort and doing the right things, little mistakes, things like that, those are okay. Um, it's it it's a bigger body of work that's going to be looked at here, and I think this is finally his chance to get that bigger body of work and to really show what he can do. Does it mean that in six weeks from now or five weeks, whenever Nate Schmidt's back, he stays mm-hmm. in the lineup? Probably not. But wouldn't that be a great problem to have if if Villy plays so well that now you're going, oh, my goodness, how do we possibly take this guy out? Uh, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but uh, that's what you hope happens ultimately.
1: Yeah, and listen, I mean, it sort of begs the other conversation about, you know, what will the Jets do to try to boost their forward core? Are they willing to move a defenseman? I'm not sure that they are. I mean, especially if they believe that they're going to be a playoff team. They know that one or two of these guys will be out again later on this season. I mean, um, you know, it's just it's difficult at times for a young player, I'm sure, to be you know, with the moose when you know you're capable of contributing in the National Hockey League. But right now, as I said, really like the game last night. And uh, hopefully that's a sign of more of what's to come. And I'm sort of with you. I think getting that opportunity to play six, eight, ten games in a row is only going to help him and give him the opportunity that I think he really needs to show that the coaches should be confident that he can be in. And I think the jury's still out on that, but certainly was a step forward last night.
5: Well, let me say this, you know, we, we, you and I have talked a lot, Huss, about the Jets possibly moving a, a defenseman at some point for some forward help. I think one of the things we've discovered, though, with this Jets team so far this year, as the injuries have piled up, $24 million in salaries out of the lineup, most of that up front, Um, maybe this team was deeper than we thought. When it came to forwards, like you've got guys like Kevin Stanlin who step in and don't look out of place at all. The system that Rick Bonus has these guys playing in. It really is a bit of a plug and play kind of system where and that's what that's what really good teams have. Right. That's what teams like Tampa Bay, why they always are good. It doesn't even seem to matter who's in their lineup. They're playing John Cooper's system. And so it doesn't matter who's on your fourth line or your third line, they're going to be effective. And we're seeing that to a degree, maybe not exactly with the same consistency or production from elite teams like Tampa, but we're seeing it a lot more than we've ever seen it before here in Winnipeg. So you've got guys like Stenland and Axel Janssen-Fialbi and, you know, Michael Asmont who now is a healthy scratch after really opening some eyes. And even Sam Gagne, who's, I think, pr- produced more than maybe anybody could have thought. Um, and, of course, then you've got, you know, Adam Lowry having a great season. He's already up to 20 points. The Jets' bottom six and their depth, I think, has proven to be um, a little deeper than we thought. And so, if you're Kevin Shevelday off, does that give you pause for thought when you're evaluating what you want to do? Is it possible, Haas? This would be, this would be incredible. Is it possible the Jets actually look to add to the blue line, um, you know, as we get closer to the trade deadline? Uh, because as you say, that's where, that's where injuries, you know, traditionally tend to happen. And the old saying, you need like up to nine or 10 NHL defensemen if you're going to go deep into the playoffs. Do the Jets have nine or 10 NHL defensemen right now? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I would say probably not. Um, so is that an area now where we thought at one point they use a defenseman to get forward help. Maybe they don't need the forward. I mean, they're one of the highest scoring teams in the NHL. They're not losing games because they're not scoring enough goals. Well,
1: and they're getting Ehlers back. They're gonna be getting Wheeler back. Um, you know, so there will be some help coming right. forth on the horizon. Mason Appleton as well. You would hope it. Hey, just last one on the way, because you know, we've talked about Hainela and some of the other newer players that are in the lineup. What have you thought, and you were there, um, Carson Kuhlman, the former Seattle Kraken, It's sort of bizarre situation where he gets picked up off waivers and is playing right now with Mark Shifley and Cole Perfetti. Listen, this is a new role for him and one that I don't think he has longed for, but what have you seen from uh, the newest member of the club?
5: It's kind of like getting dumped at the altar and then, like, getting married a few days later, like marrying up, right? Like, he's... I, I can't imagine. And I actually saw I was, I was down in the room post game on, on Sunday and a bunch of Kraken after the game were over by the Jets room coming over to see Carson. And you could tell he was a the guy they, they really enjoyed being around and there's lots of laughs, you know, obviously the Jets had lost the game, but um, you know, they they were catching up and I'm sure the talk was a nice landing spot. Like you're actually on a better hockey team. Not that they would have said that, but he's on a better team and he's playing a top six role. Like that is that is landing on your feet. Is Carson Kuhlman going to stay in the top six forever? Obviously not. Um, you know, I, I don't know that there's a ton of offense there. Um, and so we've seen, the, you know, the rotating cast of characters being used in that top six right now. One thing about Carson Kuhlman that's very evident in talking to him and watching him play. He's a very smart player. You know, he's a guy that was captain of his college team. There's a high hockey IQ there seems to know his role. And he seems to be obviously enjoying this second opportunity that, that kind of came out of nowhere. And so again, when all the guys are healthy and now you've got a guy like Kuhlman who could settle into your third or fourth line, or at least be in that mix. Saku Manalainen, as well, a guy that was playing really good in a in a bottom six role before he got hurt. The Jets are going to have so many options, and Rick, but and that will keep everyone on their toes. And you know, you hope playing at the top of their game. But uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting interesting situation. I don't think anyone had, you know, Carson Kuhlman, Axel Janssen, fialbi Michael Asamont, Kevin Stanlund. Sam Gagnier, all of those guys have taken turns in the top six in the last couple of weeks. If if you had said that in September, I think most fans would have said, who? Yeah, Yeah, they probably would have said,
1: okay, well, where are the Jets in the lottery right now? That's what they would have said.
5: Yeah, bring on Connor Bedard. Hey, uh, Mike, uh,
1: you know what? You sounded great. I know you're not feeling 100%, but uh, you certainly brought it, as always. Uh, A very Merry Christmas to you and the McIntyre clan, Piper, and everybody else there. And um, we'll look forward to hopefully catching up next week as we uh, do it one more time at some point before we go into 2023. And of course, Minnesota and Vancouver at home, a New Year's Eve game for the Jets in Edmonton next week. So there certainly will be a lot to talk about. But welcome back. I'm glad you got back to Winnipeg safely. Thanks for doing this and all the best to you
5: and yours. And uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you, to Remus and all the Winnipeg Sports Talk uh, viewers and listeners Thanks so much, folks. Have a great uh, holiday.
1: Have a great one. There is our guy Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press. All right, it's just about Hacksaw time. Of course, with Ted, we did hit that big curling news this week of Reed Carruthers and Jason Gunlickson uh, mutually agreeing to go separate ways. It's a huge story in Manitoba curling and Canadian curling, really. And of course, whenever we do a little curling talk, we do it for Princess Otto, who of course is the sponsor of the Carruthers team, Team Jennifer Jones, and such a big supporter of both the Bombers and curling from coast to coast. And of course, Winnipeg Sports Talk, and Princess Auto is the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. They've got two Winnipeg locations. Still time to get in there before Christmas. panet Road, Portage Avenue West. And you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. A at big WST. Happy holidays to our friends at Culligan Water. Family-owned for over 65 years in the business and hydrating Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba for that long. They got it all, whatever you need for you and your family, water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, citywide water delivery services, and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. You can pop down and see the experts at Culligan at 1200 Sargent Avenue. Give them a call at 694 And of course, you can find out everything they can do for you at your home online at drinkculligan.com. And hey, a big cheers to our favorite legendary Canadian whiskey and our great sponsors at Canadian Club. Of course, Canadian Club's been uh, the spot, the uh, drink of choice for Bomber fans at IG Field throughout the year. Of course, the Canadian Club and ginger ale as well in cans. Uh, But right now... With entertaining, with the holidays here, when you go to your Manitoba Liquor Marts, make sure to pop by the Canadian Club display and get Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey. And don't forget, Bomber fans, Jim Beam as well right now. A special offer with the purchase of Jim Beam. Get one of the three collectible Bomber glasses featuring Zach Caleros, Adam Big Hill, and Nick Dembski available now at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And Hey, a big cheers to our friends at Boston Pizza as well. Of course, Boston Pizza with us throughout the year and really since day one on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And great spot to be last night to watch a little Jets hockey and then the NFL game that we're going to get to with Lee Hacksaw-Hamilton and... A great spot to be maybe tomorrow early on because we got a huge slate of games at noon. and Of course, tonight when the Jets drop the puck one more time before Christmas against the Washington Capitals. When you're at BP, check out their new festive holiday menu, including the amazing mac and cheeseburger and my personal favorite, the jalapeno cheese dip. A jalapeno popper dip, excuse me. It's all there. And hey, if it's too cold for you to get out, order online wherever you are in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba online at bostonpizza.com. All right. We got to talk about our boy, Chris Streveler, an interesting game last night and a huge, huge slate of games in the national football league with the jolliest one of them all. None other than Lee hacksaw Hamilton saw best of the season to you and yours. My friend, what's up?
6: Happy holiday to you and uh, your whole team up there in Winnipeg is a little frosty up there. You know, this. the, the lower 48 is just like an Arctic icebox here in a large part of the country. What's it like in, in uh, Winnipeg and northern Canada?
1: Well, they're getting what we have had for the last little while. I, I We don't want to take credit or blame for it, if you will, but this is a blast lead. And if you look at the map, sort of comes right from the peg right down through the Midwest and now is causing some major, major issues for people traveling. And it's going to really impact these games on the weekend. Justin, before we get to that, though, I want to talk about last night's Jets-Jags game. Um, I, we'll talk about Strevler in a minute because, of course, he is a big favorite of everyone here in Winnipeg and got in. But I have to ask you right off the bat, for a number two overall pick, I mean, could this season have been any more of a disaster for Zach Wilson? Uh, and is he done as a New York Jet?
6: Uh, I think it's easy to blame the young quarterback, but understand he is young, understand they've had just a mess of injuries at offensive tackle all year. They never got out of training camp healthy. They're down I think three offensive tackles are on IR, and then you complicated, he's got very erratic play from a collectively young group of wide receivers. Um I like Robert Saleh as head coach. I think he's got them playing hard. He's rebuilt the defense. I think it's just too early to give up on Zach Wilson. But he has to make a commitment mentally to be a more complete student of the game. And he has to bear responsibility. Uh, He kind of lost the locker room about a month ago with some of the shenanigans and things that he said coming off losses when he played poorly. And he really played poorly last night. And that's why he got benched. And The New York media is going crazy today, Andrew, that, you know, fire the guy, put the guy out on the street corner uh, for sanitation pickup after Christmas. You just don't give up on number one picks this quickly. And of course, he got hurt on top of all that. So, you know, young quarterbacks, bright light quarterbacks go to bad teams. And that's really painful. Now, I'm not going to say this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer, but please remember, Troy Aikman was one in 15, With the Dallas Cowboys. Peyton Manning was three and 13. John Elway, I don't think, had a winning season until his third year in Denver. So it takes time. And I just think there's a lot of complication factors as to why he's playing poorly. Part of it's at his front door, but I think part of it's the roster, too. Well, in terms of Chris.
1: The one thing is just quickly, I mean, Mike White's gone in there and had very different results than Zach Wilson has. And Lee, I don't know if there could be anything more damning. I saw a comparison of stats in the first two years. Zach Wilson's numbers, completion percentage, uh, touchdowns, picks, all that, almost identical to Jamarcus Russell, who is synonymous with being one of the biggest busts of all time. The one thing is, I mean, it's one thing to lose football games or be, but the way he was missing passes last night. Like, do you know how bad you have to be playing to get benched in a must-win game for, with all due respect to Chris Strebler, a guy from your practice roster that basically just has CFL and a very little bit of NFL experience? But that's what happened last night, and they had absolutely no other choice.
6: That's what 42% completion rate will do to you. Yeah, it surely would. Uh, he was out of sync. He looked absolutely horrible. But I've seen that from a lot of other young quarterbacks. So I'm not going to put him out on the curb yet for, you know, post-Christmas pickup by the sanitation <laughs> department. In terms of Chris, cool. Opportunity. Uh, obviously, you know, real good success in Winnipeg. Kind of bounced around here as somebody's number two, number three, developmental squad guy. When the opportunity arises, you get the chance to go in and play. He's playing with house money. Uh, Does he get another contract? Maybe he does. It just depends. Uh, You know, your comment, uh, obvious about Mike White, that that quarterback came from a wide open throwing offense. And I think maybe he was a little bit ahead of the power curve because they were in the air raid offense at Western Kentucky. And he's had flashes where he's played pretty well. Of course, he's also gotten beaten up along the way, too. But uh, interesting uh, quandary for what the Jets have to decide in the offseason as to who's going to be the guy, but I just don't give up on high, high number one picks that that easy, that quickly.
1: Uh, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton's with us. All right, Lee. So we've got a very busy Saturday with the majority of the games going off at noon, our time tomorrow, a couple of afternoon games an evening game, and then three games on Christmas day and a Monday nighter. Before we talk about some of the quarterback issues around, I mean, you sort of alluded to the crazy weather that's enveloping the United States right now. What are you hearing about how impactful these storms, the temperatures, the winds are going to be in a number of locales when we kick off tomorrow at noon?
6: Well, uh, my favorite vacation spot aside from my cottage in the Adirondacks is Key West. And Key West is going to have a low of 41 tonight. 41 oh. in the Florida Keys. Go think about that. Um, but but this storm is it's really bad today. Uh, I got friends in Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Uh, their wind chill is minus 32 right now. This thing's going to blow through. And by tomorrow, it'll probably be beyond the East Coast, beyond New York, uh, Washington, and Boston. So I, I think this is a real bad Friday-Saturday situation. But by Saturday, I think most of it's going to be out of, of the lower 48 and headed to the Atlantic and headed up the coast to Nova Scotia uh, and the Maritimes. Uh, really interesting games. Um, Cincinnati-New England uh Joe Burrow's having a phenomenal back half of the schedule and Cincinnati had such a rotten start and won 10 of their last 12. New England's got quarterback problems Mac Jones was just atrocious uh, last week and the terrible loss to the Raiders uh, I think he was 11 for 31 for 121 yards uh, there's just an awful lot of debate going on in New England with you know what is the status of the roster what has Belichick done post Tom Brady New England's only twenty-four and twenty-four since Brady changed his mailing address uh, to Tampa Bay, and and the Patriots by blowing that game last week, Hustler have now pinned themselves back into a box. Have you ever seen every, anything like pilot. that
1: quickly, Lee? I was so looking forward to having you yeah. on just to talk about the way that game ended. I'm not even sure that last here's touchdown. The, here's the thing that
6: shocks me: <laughs> everything about New England football and Belichick's leadership is everything is slotted. Every guy knows his responsibility. This is the system. You're a thinking man when you play for Belichick because you got to be intelligent to cope with everything that they throw at you. And I'll tell you, New England, they coach their players hard. And it's for Ramondre Stevenson to make that move on the final snap of the game, and granted, he busted off a big run, and maybe he thought everybody was out of position, and I could flip it to somebody, and one of our guys could weave his way through, but the pass kept going further back, further back till. Chandler Jones picked it off and Stevenson had 172 yards rushing He had a great game. There's a reason the game was tied. It's just, this is so out of character for anybody that is in those meeting rooms in Foxborough with Belichick. Belichick must have been sick to his stomach. And not only was it a bad decision, it turns into a bad loss because it really damages New England. Course a whole pile of teams are sitting there at seven and seven or six and eight with three weeks to go, and somebody can hopscotch somebody else. And now New England has got to pick up the pieces and they got to play Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Cincinnati throwing the thing down the field. It's it was stunning to me to watch that.
1: It was. Hey, by the way, Kochi 51, thank you very much for the super chat. Best of the season to you. We really do we really do appreciate it. Lee, as far as that play goes, I mean, and I know that Jacoby Myers owned it afterwards and said, "To quote him, I was trying to be a hero. I have to think, though, like in that moment when Ramondre did the lateral to him, like, honestly, what goes through your head? Like, why is this happening right now? You must wait a second. Are we losing the football game right now? Like, to me, it started with the Ramondre lateral that put him into a situation where you have to make a split second decision. And just because of what's happened, I think would make you question your awareness of what's happening in the game. And we know how it ended up.
6: Yeah, I, I I concur with you wholeheartedly because make a knee, or there will be another possession coming in overtime, or two possessions in overtime. I mean, it was just it was just a frantic situation. It was ridiculous. And speaking of ridiculous, Minnesota's come from behind, win over <laughs> Indianapolis. I've done a lot of games. I've done games in which my team got blown out. I did games in which my teams came from behind. And in 17 years that I've done NFL play-by-play, play, I've never seen anything like that. 33 nothing. I just happened to tune into it. And, you know, we're, we're close allies to Kevin McConnell, the Vikings coach who's from here, from San Diego State, lives here in the offseason and all that. And I started to watch, and they started to pick away. And I said, okay, so they got a touchdown. And then they got another touchdown. And then I started thinking – and these guys do an onside kick. And then they got another touchdown. And next thing you know, they go from 33-0 and they outscore Indy 39-3 in that game. And Indianapolis' defense was gassed because they were on the field. They could not stop anybody and couldn't get off the field. And their offense kept going three and out, three and out. Never seen anything like it. And um, do you think social media had an opinion in Indianapolis after that game? <laughs> Holy cow, the social media went crazy. They said Jim Ursay. You should fire your head coach, fire your defensive coordinator, and then fire yourself because you've made the Colts franchise a clown circus. Oh, what an utter disaster. And I I felt bad for there's Some good guys on that Colts team and that they've been beset by injuries and they got a quarterback crisis on their hands. Uh, But those, those poor guys on defense, they were gassed. They could not get off the field. And then Matt Ryan would go three and out. Or turn it over. I've never seen in modern day football. Nobody's ever seen it. Well, Lee, record. you know, it's funny. You say that, to win it.
1: You, you know, you say who could, who's seen anything like that. The one guy that's seen something like that happens to be Matt Ryan himself, because he has now been the central figure on the losing team of the biggest playoff collapse of all time. And now the biggest comeback in NFL regular season or playoff history in that game last week. And, I've always been a fan of Matt Ryan. A piece of that is
6: also stapled on Kyle Shanahan's resume, too. Yes,
1: exactly. Shanahan was just happy he was far away from U.S. Bank Stadium on Monday and had nothing to do with that one. Um, And, of course, in some ways, that's the end of Matt Ryan. They're going to go with Nick Foles from the Monday Nighter against the
6: Chargers coming up this week. Yeah, it's just a disaster in Indianapolis, and and Ryan does not look like the same quarterback he used to be in Atlanta, but they've just had injury after injury. I think they've gone through five different uh, offensive linemen that are out. Uh, obviously, they running back. Jonathan Taylor is now out for the year. At one point, he lost his top three wide receivers for two to four weeks with injuries, and he's just not the same quarterback. He's got, I think the number I saw this morning was 14 touchdowns, 17 turnovers, uh and he's been sacked 38 times so it's a byproduct of a lot of stuff going on around matt ryan so yeah they're on their third different starting quarterback just like the jets have now gone through three different quarterbacks uh we got a circumstance out here with the la rams where people are starting to insinuate that matt stafford's neck injury is much more significant Uh, he's denied that he needs surgery but he's gone for the rest of the year and they've gone through three different quarterbacks and Kyler Murray's devastating Arizona injury. They're on their third quarterback uh, in the 49ers. Unbelievable record in the NFC West. And think about this. They're on their third quarterback. And yet, look at where the 49ers are on the season. Tennessee's lost Ryan Tannehill. Uh, He needs foot surgery. He's gone. Uh, Baltimore cannot get Lamar Jackson healthy. Uh, he's now missed nine practices in a row. This will be three games. His backup, Tyler Huntley, was hurt. So they were going with a third-string quarterback. And it just it just goes on and on uh, and on around the league. Carolina's got three quarterbacks, but if you got three, that means you don't have a starter. And that's an absolute mess, too. So it's just been a really, really tough year for quarterbacks in the league. I think the last number that I had was Of the starting 32 quarterbacks in the league, 17 of them have had major injuries this season. And then there's a whole pile of backups that have gotten hurt coming off the bench too.
1: Well, no better example of that than the Christmas Day slate. I mean, when that schedule was made, you're thinking about two Super Bowl contenders and Matt Stafford and the defending champion Rams going up against Russell Wilson and his new team, the Denver Broncos. We're getting Baker Mayfield and Brett Rippon in that one. And then the big Tom Brady Kyler Murray matchup is a six and eight Buccaneer team that has looked abjectly horrible. And trace McSorley looks to be the guy for the Cardinals. So um, listen, you can't win them all with the schedule. Usually the NFL comes up pretty lucky. Uh, didn't get it. Although I, I'm interested in your thoughts on the early game on Christmas Day, Lee. With the Packers who've actually shown some life over the course of the past few games, going up against the Dolphins, who are finally home after three tough losses on the road, including a thriller last week against the
6: Bills. Yeah, Andrew, Green Bay is just not not Green Bay right now. They're six and eight. And Rodgers is is thrown for a bunch of yards. And some games his young receivers, led by the kid out of North Dakota State, Christian Watson, make a ton of plays. Other games it looks like an old football team. Some weekends, Aaron Jones runs the hell out of the ball. Other weekends, he gets 12 12 yards in a game. Green Bay's got a chunk of injury problems on their defense. Uh, But, you know, they're trying to stay in this wild-card chase. It's a a desperation game for them at 6-8. and And Miami's battered. And I don't know if Miami's worn out. Just not the same team. They have not recovered from what happened out here on the West Coast, uh, what the Chargers did to Tua and how they defended him. They're 8-6, and and they desperately need a win just like Green Bay needs a win. So that's that's going to be an interesting game. You know, you got Philadelphia, Dallas. Cowboys are not running the football right now very well, and that that kind of puts even more on Dak Prescott's shoulders. Now, Dallas thinks it's getting healthy, thinks it's getting Tyron Smith, their star left tackle, uh, back for that game because Philadelphia does not have Jalen Hurts. And the, the big debate in Philadelphia, uh, do they play him at all in the last three weeks of the regular season? And, I mean, they're sitting there at 13-1. and one. They're going to probably finish with uh, the top record in the NFC home field advantage. Do you risk getting them out there? Hurts wants to play. Now, he's not practiced this week. He's not going to play this week. So what does Philadelphia do? We talked about Cincinnati and New England. Seattle's in desperate straits. Despite the, the tremendous statistical season uh, that Geno Smith has had, they got to go play Kansas City. And Seattle's kind of skidded a little bit in recent times. Now, I'll tell you what I'm really looking forward to. Somebody's going to come out of this one with a black eye. Maybe both teams will. San Francisco's really rugged defense, which has kind of dragged Ron Rivera's team back into the playoff conversation. Washington, San Francisco. That's going to be an interesting battle. Who's a tougher guy? 49er defense, commander's defense. Gonna be, that's going to be a really fun game. And of course, Baker Mayfield starting for San Francisco, third quarterback in their equation, too. So, yeah, interesting weekend. And we're kind of running out of calendar here. We're running out of games. And there's a bunch of teams that are just a world of hurt right now in terms of wild-card playoff spots. These guys are screwing this thing up. And these guys are now in desperate straits with three weekends to go.
1: Yeah, well, huge win last night for Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. And I thought a big performance for him individually going up against a very good defense outdoors on the road where they hadn't been good. Um, and there, of course, one game back, the Titans now a half game back of the Titans and get the Titans in week 18. So it will be good. Uh, Jeez. We've got some thanks to give out for the uh, super chats. Um, And of course, marbles is open by the way, folks, exclamation mark marbles in the chat. We'll get to the race and the qualifier coming up right away. Um, Hacksaw, just before we go, and again, a Merry Christmas to you. And thank you for always being with us. I know you'll, Be all over this on the site as well, but we should mention the uh, loss of the great Pittsburgh Steeler running back Franco Harris, who uh, passed away earlier this week.
6: Yeah. Let me just give you a quick comment about that. You know, in the history of modern day NFL, I'm going to talk about George Halas and Red Grange and back in the day in the modern day NFL. I think there's probably three events that really signified the growth of the national football league in 1958 First game on television, Baltimore Colts-New York Giants championship game at Yankee Stadium. Alan Amici scored the game-winning touchdown uh, in overtime, a phenomenal game. And that kind of set a presence of the National Football League on television. That was item one. Item two, uh, probably the holy roller controversy game between the Raiders and the then San Diego Chargers. Ted Hendricks moving the ball down the field, et cetera, et cetera. And I think item three is the immaculate reception. You go back and you look at that game and its impact and the fierceness of the robbery with the Raiders and the Steelers and what Franco Harris did, picking up that ball and taking it the length of the field for the game-winning touchdown. Uh, Those are the three most significant events outside of the Heidi game on television that kind of identify the National Football League. And I'll tell you, I met him when he was a running back at Penn State. He was paired with another running back by the name of Lydell Mitchell. They started together in the backfield most amazing thing I've ever seen in college football is like a freight train. I broadcast a game at Beaver Stadium. Those two guys between them ran for almost 300 yards. So, you know, he was a tremendous player. Uh, he's done unbelievable things for charitable foundation causes in Pittsburgh. Uh, scholarships are in his city kids, food banks, hospitals. I mean, what a great human being. And also on the height of the mess at Penn State, the Jerry Sandusky case, he stood up. He's one of the few Penn State players that stood up in public defense of the greatness of Joe Paterno. And whether or not Paterno was guilty of mistakes or not understanding what was going on, Franco was one of the few guys who did. And when you think of the Steelers, two things you should think of, Hustler. One, immaculate reception. Two, terrible towel. They all go hand in hand. And Franco was the last piece of the franchise put together by Chuck Noll they got four rings they had Bradshaw they had Swan they had Stallworth they had Jack Lambert and the steel curtain defense and Franco was the last piece of the puzzle not bad for a converted fullback and great player hell of a guy
1: you are a hell of a guy my friend uh, all the best to you and your family thanks so much folks make sure to check out the Lee hacksaw Hamilton YouTube channel Give us a sub there, and check out the website. And uh, hopefully, Lee will be able to uh, touch base next week. If you've got some time heading into New Year's and another big week in the NFL, but in the meantime, have a great Christmas.
6: Well, I appreciate all that you've given me and the opportunity to do this talk to people in Canada. But here's the thing: if you're going to dress like that, you're going to wear that gear. Getting ready and for I'm the MVP. Wear this and say- Merry Christmas to everybody in Winnipeg. Hustle, have a great holiday, and we'll catch up to you next week.
1: You're the best hacksaw areas, folks. LeeHacksawHamilton.com on Twitter or on uh, the internet. And of course, you can check out his Twitter as well at hacksaw1090. All right, we've got some thank yous to throw out. First up, I got to give a big thank you to our friends, the Nick and Nikki DQ. I actually have to pop by for a little pickup little ice cream cake for Christmas dinner. Of course, we're going to get it from Nick and Nicky DQ. Four locations. DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polar Park, DQ St. Anne's. And kind of the best of both worlds. Get a great ice cream cake for a family gathering. And maybe jump on a stack burger while we're there as well. Listen, uh, Nick and Nicky have been great for us. um, And probably one of our most popular sponsors with many of you as well. Uh, pop down and see them over the course of the holidays some great new blizzard flavors as well and of course don't sleep on those burgers they're amazing but at dq manitoba if you want to get a uh, custom dq ice cream cake made up going into the new year you know where they are at and of course with new year's just around the corner and many family gatherings if you haven't hit the beer store yet When you do, make sure you check out the incredible offerings from our friends at Little Brown Jug, Winnipeg's favorite local brew. 1919, of course, is the flagship brand, but there's a number of great new ones, including the Holiday Good Times Variety Pack. And might I suggest, if you have time, pop down to the Exchange William Avenue location. Brewery and tap room. Great spot to get together with a friend over the holidays as well. You can try them all. You can grab what you like in cans, in packs, and check out that great merchandise as well. A huge happy holidays and a safe holidays to all of you and our friends at Little Brown Jug Brewing. You can check them out for citywide delivery as well at littlebrownjug.ca. All right. Remo, uh, Marbles is open right now. We will get to Cool Bet lines in a minute, but uh, holy smokes, we've got some major thank yous to get out. Uh, having a tough time keeping track of all these super chats, but the generosity of our WST listeners is blowing me away today, dude. I've got the list right here. I mean, we've got Ken007. Thank right. you so much. Shikster, Hugh achenko Shout out, Hugh. It was great meeting you at that game a little while back, and uh, we appreciate it. One Bird Oak Fun Guy, the Freezer himself, Ryan Friesen. Um, really nice one from Jerry Beluda. Thanks so much. Dan Jets fan as well. Uh, my guy Travis. What up, Trav? And, of course, Jet Oil Tom. And I see that Eric Baer has gifted 10 Winnipeg Sports Talk memberships. That's such a cool way of supporting the channel. Thanks so much, Eric. And then uh, a beautiful one, a great one from my guy Chris Vermet. All the best this holiday season, boys. Thanks for keeping us entertained every afternoon. Thank you, Chris, for being us uh, throughout it, and Bobby B coming through. Thanks, Michael, Andrew, and all the great guests and everyone in the chat. Uh, uh, they they came fast and furious. I hope we didn't miss anyone, but um, man, that is uh, just wonderful, wonderful generosity. And I can't tell you how it makes us to feel, uh, us feel knowing um, the way you guys have supported us as we. Get ready for our second anniversary, if you can believe that, Remus, in just over a couple
2: months. Yeah, pretty crazy. There's Derek W come in with a super chat. Merry up, Christmas, Derek? says the beers. And yeah, I was just, I was muted and I was just giving shout outs, reading the great messages from Kochi, e. Ken, Ryan Friesen, Jerry Beluto. You said Dan, Jets fan, Travis, Jet Oil, Tom, Schickster. And you said Hugh, One Bird, Eric, Bobby B., Derek, Christopher, Metz. So many. Uh, super chats here it's could hard to keep some, track of this is crazy could,
1: could be some good karma for the marble race coming up folks last call for marbles if you haven't uh, already make sure you throw in exclamation mark marbles and uh we will uh we'll get it going right away while we while Remus finishes that up and closes it off let me get to our cool bet lines for tonight in the National Hockey League Jets and Capitals, the Jets are a plus-137 underdog. Caps are minus-162. Both teams played last night, and to be honest, I think the Capitals traveled further than the Jets did, going from Ottawa to Washington, than the Jets going from Boston to Washington. That being said, the big number tonight is going to be on who's scoring goals, and is it Alex Ovechkin? Um, Alex Ovechkin's number to tie Gordie Howe's record is plus-105. We know the success that he's had in the past against the Winnipeg Jets and his total goals to get over one and a half, which would mean breaking the record outright tonight, plus 460. Certainly hoping that doesn't happen in, but tonight, but uh, I'm going to have to say it probably is quite likely that it will. Um, other games tonight, Bruins are back at it against the Devils. Bruins minus 123, Devils plus 105. Flyers, a massive road underdog. Against the Carolina Hurricanes, Canes minus 328. Um, We got the Panthers and Islanders. Oh, another blown third period lead for Maurice and the Panthers last night. They're sitting at 500 right now. Panthers minus 131. The Islanders, a home dog at plus 111. That number doesn't make sense to me. Maybe there's a little bit of value on the Islanders tonight. I'll have to take a look at that one. Dallas hosting the Habs. Dallas minus minus 286 tonight. Central Division matchup between the Avalanche and Predators. Avalanche minus 122 favorites on the road. Nashville, a home dog at plus 104. Blue Jackets and Blackhawks, basically a pick Blackhawks, a very slight underdog. Blue Jacks minus 110. And Vancouver and the Edmonton Oilers. That's an interesting one. Vancouver. With a uh, thrilling comeback win last night against the Seattle Kraken. Was keeping an eye on that game last night as well. Uh, Oilers minus 216. Canucks plus 180. Kings and Coyotes coming up at 8.30 tonight. LA minus 167. Arizona plus 141. Blues and Golden Knights. Vegas a minus 157 favorite at home. And the final game of the pre-Christmas portion of the schedule is the Calgary Flames. At minus 225, the Anaheim Ducks at plus 190. Uh, just a quick update on the Stanley Cup odds. And, you know, the Jets are still right there in the middle of the pack at 45 to 1. You'll recall they opened up, were 80 to 1 going into the season. A few weeks ago had improved to 50 to 1. Um, but it seems like it's taken a little while for... The Jets to get in the neighborhood of some of the other teams they're ahead of right now in the standings. Minnesota's 35, Calgary's 25 right now. Hell, the Florida Panthers, who we've talked about, who were out of a playoff spot, are 26 to 1. So maybe that's a nice little sprinkle to make for yourself, dreaming of a parade in Winnipeg. 45 to 1 right now with the Jets at Cool Bet to, uh, to win the uh, to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, obviously, that's a, a long shot, but uh, certainly fun to uh, fun to talk about. A quick update on these NFL games right now: this Saints Cleveland game that we've talked about is going to be crazy with the wind, with the cold. The total for this lowest since 2008 in an NFL game: 32 points is the number. Uh, the Vikes are four point favorites at home against the Giants. Chiefs laying ten against the Seahawks right now. Bengals laying three on the road against the New England Patriots. Titans down to just a three-point favorite against the Houston Texans. Sounds like Ryan Tannehill's out. Uh, and then the other big games tomorrow, Eagles-Cowboys. Cowboys four-and-a-half-point favorites without Jalen Hurts. And the Niners a seven-point favorite. Of course, all the lines are there. If you haven't checked out the Lock Shop, go to the YouTube channel or our Twitter for the link on all of our picks, including best bets for the weekend. And if you haven't played a cool bet before, use the promo code WST, and we will uh, get you hooked up with a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to 200 bucks. All right, marbles time. And holy smokes, Randy D with a very generous super chat. Randy, thank you so much. To my favorite sports guys, Mary Mary. Right back at you, Randy, and thanks so much for the support. That's a very, very generous gift. All right, Remo, how are we looking? How's the how's the tech operation going for this marble race today?
2: Yeah, I'm just like ashamed that I had myself muted while reading all the super chat, but it's going good. We got a good uh, theme today here from Tristan. Oh, I
1: cannot wait! Another another gift to all of the WST listeners from Tristan and Candace. We, they're on our nice list. Like, if we had to do the naughty and nice list, uh, there's always been a little naughty in the chat, but uh, at the top of the nice list, Tristan Rivers Music and Candace Jane for the videos and, of course, the incredible versions of the Marbles theme.
2: Yeah, I'm just closing all my tabs. People are getting getting on me for having so many tabs open and sewering the Marble Race, whatever day that was. That was uh, pretty frustrating. Anyways... Uh, I'm I'm getting all names. I'll tell you how many entries we have as we open it up. And we are 248 entries.
1: Whoa, nice, nice. Okay, everyone, if you're in the marble race, definitely make sure you are subscribed to the channel. Press that red button. And uh, come on, give us a little holiday thumbs up here for the Christmas show and the marble race.
2: Yeah, shout out to uh, MC Stormy and Phyllis who are in here every day, Hus, making sure everyone hits the thumbs up, trying to get us over uh, 200 it's pretty incredible. Phyllis and Stormy always have our backs. Um, we know that. Like those thumbs ups really help. They're re- really helpful. And uh, telling YouTube, hey, we got great content here and it'll show it to more people. And so we are We're trying to get to 9K subs or at 8,500. I'd like to get to 10K at some point. So it's slowed down a bit. But the thumbs up, the hitting the button, it definitely helps us. And we're so thankful uh, for all that. And all you guys who come here every day. And. Uh, you know, it's fun chatting. We've got a great community here. Are, are you looking uh, at the Blue Jays trade?
1: Yes, I. that's exactly what I'm doing right now. We've got a bit of breaking news right now, folks. Uh, Ding, ding, ding. Breaking news. A Christmas gift for you Blue Jays fans. A big, big trade. So four minutes ago, Jeff Passan breaking the Toronto Blue Jays and Arizona Diamondbacks are in agreement on a trade that will send outfielder Dalton Varsho to the Blue Jays for a package that includes top catching prospect Gabriel Moreno, sources tell ESPN. Remo, fill us in. Uh, instant reaction Dalton
2: Varsho. Dalton Varsho, that good? He's an O fielder last year. I'll pull him up. I'll pull him up uh, on my favorite site, Fangraphs. Right now, we can look at his numbers uh, quickly here. Let's uh, see, it was a third, third, first full season last year. We can go, what, he had 748, to 745 OPS. Seems like, okay, okay, bad outfielder. 27 um, bombs,
1: 74 RBIs on a very, very bad team.
2: Yeah. So, I'm... What are you, 302 OBP? I'm trying to look at his his walk percentage. He strikes out, what, 24% of the time last year? I don't know. He seems a. Like, he's a solid player. I don't know if he's, like, super above average. I mean, I haven't, I'll be honest. Like, my baseball the last couple of years has gone, you know, since having, like, kids and stuff, it's gone, gone First down. First guy by. ever to
1: have a kid. First guy ever to have a kid doesn't I, watch baseball anymore. No, no clue.
2: So, Hugh says his war is 4.9, so it's possible he's way better, Um, def- you know, way better defensively. Uh, Pull up the defense number. Here, as I dig yeah, into Yeah, here,
1: here, the big part of this for me is that they're trading Moreno, which mm-hmm. has always been sort of one of their big trade chips. as last year the top prospect in baseball. I love this, though. I mean, as long as the guy this Varsho the coming back can be a big part of their future, I think it's a nice deal because I was very wor- worried about the Blue Jays trading Alejandro. And you cannot trade Alejandro Kirk. Kirk is... He is the hot water tank with legs. He's one of the best hitters. He's just such a fun guy to have on the squad right now. And I would have been, and I think a lot of Jays fans would have been heartbroken if Kirk went the other way. So Kirk and Danny Jansen presumably stick around. They move that chip with Moreno and get a guy that obviously the, uh, the league was, pr- the uh, team was pretty high on.
2: Yeah. Just looking at the use that, I think he's a pretty good uh, outfielder here. So, uh, We'll have to, I don't know. I'll have to wait to, to wait and see. This is like instant reaction.
1: Yeah. We'll um, get someone on the show next week. Robert Flores, though. I love Flores. Love this for both teams, especially the Blue Jays. Varsho's a lefty bat. They desperately need, and the D-backs are going to be better than you think this season. All right. Anyways, yeah. we got something that we need to do far more important than any massive trade in the major leagues, and that is another qualifying race for the Marbles Tournament of Champions. Again, if you haven't qualified, you're listening on the podcast, you weren't able to get in, go to com slash marbles. You can get in for one of the final spaces in next Friday's race for the Blue Bomber season tickets, courtesy of our great friends at Consolidated Supply. Uh, but Remo, listen, are we ready for the today's theme from uh, from
2: Tristan? Yeah, I'm just adding in. Yeah, one more thing about VAR. Yeah, grades as elite outfielder and with Varsho, now Kevin Kiermeyer and Springer. I mean, that's pretty damn good outfield with guys who are all, you know, can play uh, center field. So, um, you know, he's hit the 27 bombs, but I think you're getting the defense, big defense here. Uh, yeah, Washington they're titled with three outfield. guys,
1: three guys right now that can play center field. So, well, hopefully the defense, and that's sort of a bit of an offense for defense trade,
2: swapping out Teoscar and Gurriel for Varsho and Kiermeyer. Yeah, still decent, um, decent bat. I don't think it's like You know, 740 OPS, I guess, is is solid, but... um, Still
1: young, though. Still young, though. I mean, and, uh, you know, being that lefty in that lineup with all those righty bats uh, could also be advantageous to him as well. They've needed a lefty for a long time. Got it. All right. Let's uh, let's get going with... uh, Let's get going with a holiday special version of the... uh, Marble's theme song on Winnipeg Sports Talk before we drop it and qualify another three listeners and viewers for next week's championship race in the Consolidated Supply Winnipeg Sports Talk Tournament of Champions. Tristan Rivers, take it away.
0: Just kidding that's lame but we were all thinking that Set, go!
1: <laughs> oh my god tristan you're the best buddy that was uh that was incredible and the fact that we have had all of these different themes for the marble race throughout the Tournament of champions has been truly incredible but the Christmas version with some special lyrics for the holidays, maybe take the cake, Remo.
2: That was uh, just keeps on raising the bar. I can't believe it. I can't believe that he's done um, a new one of these like every day in all these different styles. Uh, extremely talented to do that. Um, just uh, really. I'm really impressed every day. I love getting those in my inbox
1: you know in all sincerity we cannot thank uh thank Kristen uh Tristan enough and of course Candace and we've got a little something for you guys under the tree as well we'll uh, get in touch with you but thank you so much for uh, for that it just keeps getting better and uh that was special all right oh we're going back to the temple of steve tonight people are requesting the temple of steve so all right all right well top 3 marbles are qualifying for next Friday's marble race and i will promise to you folks we were waiting on those other three we will have another opportunity before friday next week to qualify if you don't make it in today so make sure to join us wednesday and thursday maybe for an extra race because uh, we've got a couple extra marbles to put in we want to make sure we do and we've had so much fun with this so without further ado race 12 in the marbles tournament of champions before next friday's final Bomber season tickets is what will be given away next Friday. Whoever wins today, the top three marbles are in the championship race. And if we've got a size for our winner, we'll also hook you up with a hoodie. But without further ado, Remo, let's drop it in the Temple of Steve for our final act pre-Christmas on WST. All right, here we go. Oh, you know what, Reem? And I'm seeing it way better. I can actually... Sometimes it comes in really pixelated. Today, I can Looking see good. the names really well. It's great. Looks like Shelly Dahlman with a uh, with a nice start. You got a special guest in on the show right now, checking out the marbles? Shelly Dahlman. It, huge start by Shelly. Huge start by Shelly. <laughs> I think Remo has a bit of company right now for the uh for the marble race. Let's see what's going on. Shelly Dalman, huge start. Although getting caught up a little bit by the uh by the race. But nope, Shelly's through. But man, oh, Ilya Siegel with a really nice start. Shelly is still in first place. Leah Siegel's in good. Doug Phil's in the mix. Brad Woods. All right. Now we're uh now we're cooking right now, but Shelly continues to lead the way. A dominating performance so far. Leah Siegel. He ends right now. Okay, now it's getting a little more. The Sippa, Will's World. Shelly Dorman continuing to lead the way. The Simma and looks like Chris Oberton as well. This has been an absolute clinic in the Temple of Steve right now from Shelly with that great start. We'll see whether, oh, the Sima now in first place. Shelley took one big time from that spinning, uh, spinning rod. Brad Woods in the mix. Tedward Bear as well, I believe, in third place right now me just got smoked kevin kowalik oh there goes bozeman Bose. okay the temple of steve this one could go either way will the simma get in the in it no oh it's going back and forth now it's going the other way who's going to get in first oh everyone's going all around it who got it (laughs) oh the temple of steve so many victims so many victims but bruce h is the winner brad woods coming in second and brad kerbison third the rest of the top 10 jeff Bose, rob kane what up rob goodie gravy craig smith eric bayer d20 and Eagle Eyes. Uh oh my God. That was a serious lump of coal for a number of people that were probably their first Remo, but just couldn't get it in because of the unique nature of the Temple and Steve and the rotating <laughs> the rotating basket to get in for the
2: win. The unique the unique uh nature of I like that. Uh, I think it's not like Derek Honer and Tristan Rivers were so close, but it was moving away just as they fell down. I think Bruce H. Was in yesterday um, as one of the top three. So uh, he will get the t-shirt. Is that true? Let's see. I've got to double check my email. Uh, Let me check my email here. I'm pretty sure. Hold on, hold on. I'm bringing it up. From yesterday's
1: yesterday's show? What are
2: people in the chat saying? I believe yes, Bruce H was in yesterday, so he'll get the T-shirt.
1: Wow, back to back qualifying, back to back qualifying for uh, for Bruce H. Well, I'll tell you what, um, that is excellent. That'll give us another spot to uh, to give out next week on the program. Back to back is right. That is uh, that is something. Craig Smith, close seventh, best finish. Well, w- Gregory once again illegal track. Well, Greg, people wanted the Temple of Steve. I don't think we'll do the Temple of Steve for the finals. That's for sure. That would be a little too controversial, but yeah, um, it was a heck of a way. Gregory, you got in the top 30. You didn't get thrown over the top, uh, top rope, so it wasn't too, too bad. A lot of people did at the end. Uh, but yes, Brad Woods, amazing what can happen when the marble stays on the track. That is right. Um, all right. Great stuff, everybody. Well, listen. We're going to get to uh, that, of course. Join us on Wednesday. Uh, We'll have more leading up to Friday's grand finale of uh, the month of marbles, the tournament of champions, if you will. And uh, we will have another chance to qualify before we do the big race coming up on Friday. Uh, But I think right now this is just a great time once again to thank you all for the incredible support all year long. I see Ron P's in there as well. Thanks. Happy holidays. Thanks for all you do every day. Guys, cannot thank you enough. And, of course, Randy for that really generous super chat. Um, wherever you are celebrating and whoever you are celebrating with, may you have a wonderful next few days uh, with friends and family. Staying warm. Staying safe. If you are out and about, make sure you're using an Uber, getting a ride if you're tipping it a little bit. Uh, but hey, this is the time of the year to get together with friends, to stay warm. And by the way, we've got some amazing football coming up over the next couple of days. So if you're someone that doesn't have a lot going on, you certainly are, uh, you've certainly got a lot of options when it comes to laying down on the couch and enjoying a couple of days off. Tony Dean, what up? Welcome to, uh, welcome to uh, membership Uh uh, but Remo, Matt, a great week and uh, best of uh, the season to you and yours. Happy Hanukkah to uh, the growing family. And hopefully you guys have a great few days at home and uh, hopefully it warms up by the time we're back on the air on Wednesday.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you everyone who's come out and made this uh, show so much fun uh, to be a part of. Cause I think it was just me and you and we didn't have the chat and people listening. Uh, we, w- we wouldn't really be anything here; just be two guys. So. Yeah, uh, this, I mean, this is uh, it's great coming here. Uh, you know, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, uh, happy Hanukkah to ev- everyone out there.
1: Yeah. And listen, I mean, when we first started this, I kind of thought that this would be very similar to the warm up or ride. We just kind of record it and we do it and remote to your credit, say, hey, if we're going to do it, let's do it on YouTube. It'll be cool. And the way that this chat has grown and the connections that we've all made and the fun we have with all of you every day is uh is amazing and uh this it was like a little bit of a Christmas party today Tristan Rivers music again unbelievable Marvel's theme and uh Brennan I'm right there with you buddy good luck us with Goddard I'll be cheering yeah Avid Ingram went off a little bit last night didn't get into the end zone though but uh hopefully we'll see what happens yeah if you're still alive in fantasy football playoffs good luck uh again if you want to know some of the picks check the lock shop going into tomorrow uh but otherwise folks Have a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, wherever you are celebrating. And don't miss next week. We'll be back on Wednesday. We will have another chance to qualify for Friday's Big Marble Race. And, uh, of course, we've got some big games. We'll be recapping the Jets in Minnesota, the next home game after tonight in the Christmas break, looking ahead to Vancouver, coming to town on Thursday, and then a New Year's Eve game for the Winnipeg Jets in Edmonton against Connor McDavid and the Oilers. Tonight, though... See if they can keep Ovi from tying and Gordie Howe. That game starts at 6 p.m. tonight, uh, of course. Have a great, great weekend, a great Christmas, and we will see you on Wednesday back after the holidays on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Enjoy, everyone, and stay warm. <laughs>
0: no one even kidding, that's lame, but we were all thinking that. Set, go! Oh my god! Oh! Shut it down! Let's go home! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com